a lot of people were like, so you're the children's pastor? Nope. So music then? <laughs> yeah, like, they yeah, don't choir know. director. Do you fold bulletins? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? I can't get enough of living in the city. Who do we have on tonight? Sarah Heath, the Reverend Sarah Heath. Wait a second. Woman Reverend? Oh, this is Yeah, gonna, I don't get I don't get it either, Jeff. This <laughs> this is gonna be good. They exist. I do know that. I know it's going to be good. Hopefully not for the reasons that you're inferring. Yeah, what are you inferring, Jeff? I wasn't inferring anything. Zach's just trying to pull something out that's not there. It's what I do. I'm a surgeon. <laughs> I'm a podcasting surgeon playing Operation. Sorry, sir. We've cut you up and we found nothing. We're going to take it out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. (laughs) I'm imagining that movie Spies Like Us with Chevy Chase. Are you guys old enough? (laughs) Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Playing doctors, doctor, doctor. They probably would do that. You know what? I think we'll just take the heart out. Also, Dr. Spichemin on 30 Rock. His name is spelled out phonetically Spaceman but they pronounce it Spichemin. <laughs> and he is just the most ridiculous character ever. He's one of my favorite television characters of all time. Wait, what? Never knows what to do. Is always confused. What, um, what show was that? 30 Rock. Uh, I don't, you know what? I never watched And that. there was also the doctor, man, man, man. a less consequential role, consequential role in Arrested Development, where he would just always say the wrong thing. He'd say, I'm sorry, we lost your father. And everybody's freaking out. Oh my god! He's, he's like, lost no, he's fine. Park. We just can't find him. <laughs> yeah, or uh, that was yeah. he's all he's all right. I mean, well, he doesn't he doesn't have a left hand. Yeah. I mean, he's all I, right. Yeah. I, I w- yeah, I wish I could remember. I wish I could remember. Arrested Development did not stay on the air. Some shows stay on too long. Arrested Development just didn't stay on long enough. It deserved more. It did. It must and they, have been in a bad time slot. They brought it back to mixed reviews mm-hmm. on Netflix, and I, I actually liked it. The longer and the more I watched it, the better it got, because they did different edits, very different, because they only had access to a few actors at a time. It's like getting everybody who have now become big stars to line up in one schedule is right. damn near impossible, hence filming everybody. Everybody got their own episode and then splicing it all together. In a cohesive fashion, that's uh, remarkable. Kudos to you. Yeah. How do you come up with, like, hot ham water? <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? Sorry, I don't recall. I've always said there's money in the banana stand. One of my favorite episodes. Yeah, that's still there, actually. There's still a banana, span, banana stand <laughs> banana span in uh, Newport Beach. So visit it. In other news, there's also a new classic crime song. They're the band. Thank you very much, Matt McDonald. They're the band that we use their music for intros and outros and such. And they have a new song out, and they're getting a little bit of heat because the lyrical content um, hints at believing in an old universe in what science has to say. Oh, man, I might not, I might not know. Also, he says the, the words, God damned 
Well, that's legit. Together? Yeah. Yeah, that's legit. It shows God's wrath. Duh. <laughs> Even Scott's on board. The, the people are freaking out, though. It's another example of sensitive. Just ease up, Christians. It's okay. Yeah, you, don't try to be holy or anything. When you actually read the lyrics, he's talking about the goodness of creation and how he can't, there's not a God damned thing in sight. And so, in context, it's just, it's all good. It's all good in God's eyes. Zach has blessed it. Go with it. God blessed it. It was good. It was very good. So anyway, people are freaking about th- freaking out about that. This reminds me of the uh, the F word. I always think of the F word. <laughs> well, Fakasha? <laughs> no. And it's a four-letter word. The F word, you know. Fuck. Nope. No. Wow, you went right over the top there. Hmm. Fart. So I guess my wife was with some uh, friends and uh, she was telling about there was a babysitter over and babysitter had said fart and all the kids said, oh, you said the F word. It was fart. Yes. And I'm like, oh my God, you're kidding. And they're like, and she's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know what to do. And then I was like, she said, oh my gosh. And they're like, oh, you swore again. Or like, you. It's like your kids. Wow. And it was awesome. It wasn't, it wasn't mine, but it was, it was these kids were like, Oh, wait, your class. No, no, no. Oh. It's just friends. Should I stop asking questions? Yeah, you should. You should. <laughs> but it was just funny that, I mean, they had this, um, you know, fart is the F word and we don't say that. And, um, it's not, Oh my gosh, it's oh my goodness. And I was like, yeah, that is rad. And, but the ba- the babysitter felt so bad, I think, from what I understand. It was just like, oh, my gosh, these kids, they were just like, oh, you said the F word. Oh, my. You said. It was great. They wouldn't even say fart. No. No. So God, oh, my God, is definitely a swear. Oh, my gosh. Still a swear, according to these kids. Yep. Bring it down a little more. Oh, my goodness. There you go. Okay. You nailed it. Whew. That's good. I li- I like it. So do I. Yeah. I'm like, that is, that's terrific. Is it? It's not awesome though. No, <laughs> that was Can't another. Use that word. No, because awesome is only how we refer to God. Good. And I'm like, okay, I'm learning. Oh, that's a real thing for them. Yes. Wow. Yes. Are these church friends? They are. Awesome. There's a twinkle in your eye, Jeff, and <laughs> yeah. I am trying to read those eyeballs. I know you're not going to say the names, nor should you. Nope. Nope. For fear of persecution. <laughs> They're great people. I didn't think we let anybody that tight with in our church still. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whoever they, you are, I'm just kidding. I love you. They are great. They're great people, and I love that they brought their kids up with this. That's the that's where we draw the line. I'm like, I wish everybody drew the line there. I don't know about awesome because I love to say awesome, awesomeness, awesome. That was awesomely done. And definitely nice. Don't draw the line before nice. We need to say nice and beautiful mm-hmm. a lot. So, well, hopefully a little bit of context get, gets mixed in unless they're totally sheltering their kids because they're in for a world of hurt as they grow. I'm fairly certain that they're walking through the Bible with their kids and talking about why they Ezekiel use 23 words. 
Go ahead. Hopefully, the full context, the full counsel of Scripture. I hope they are not throwing out the dirty parts. Right, Scott? Yes, the wrath of God is being kindled against the ungodly. That's correct, Zach. <laughs> That's that, the part you're referring to, right? That's the part you're not going to throw out, right? Also, donkey emissions and how well hung they were and how the Yes, yes, we should teach that to Israel the was whoring itself out to yes. yeah. yeah, and we should yeah, have sex in front all right. of your kids. Next. It's all fair game. Nope. It's natural. We should. I'm fairly certain when I was raised Catholic, I was... They were hiding everything from from us kids. They just showed us donuts on Sunday, but I didn't see any real conversations going on. Howdy, hello, the Earth lovely thing. Lisa pokes her head in. Hello, <laughs> she's not here yet. We're waiting for our guest. She's coming. Yeah. Is the girl here yet? Is the girl here? The girl, <laughs> like Sarah. She'll be here. Oh, is this? This is not our first. It's not our first girl, because Lisa's been on. Lisa, Tony's been, been on. My wife. Both of our wives have been on. No, first specific guest, just for her in her honor, doing her thing with Tanya. It was kind of a team up with you, with Lisa. Okay, she's Lisa. She's half of this household. She's half of the image of God in this house. Dare mm. I say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Probably not, but <laughs> she's. This is our first female. We're gonna get, as the Sklar brothers might say, we're getting some lady energy in this place. We're going woman and reverend woman on the same night. How do you feel about calling someone reverend? Whoever, just in general. I don't know. The only time coming I from the Catholic Church. The only time Catholic I ever background. Se- I to say that I have a Catholic background is just ridiculous. Oh, okay. I don't have a, I mean, I do not have a Catholic background. If what I did from when I was born until I was 11 years old was called a Catholic background, going to Sunday service and playing for St. Robert's soccer. Why 11? <laughs> it's when my parents divorced and I stopped going to church. That's an interesting a br- age for you to, your parents to get divorced at. <clears throat> you did not realize till now, oh did you? Gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> That's another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, and how long? Drop the mic, Scott. How long were they married? How, I don't know. Are you the Are you the eldest? I am. And what What year of their marriage were you born? I I don't know. Well, may they rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> and by that, I just mean I hope they get a good night's rest. <laughs> <laughs> what we were talking about the I reverend say, hat tip, uh, Sklar Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 reverend. I don't. I never heard reverend in a Catholic okay. church. Well, ever. but but there, there is, was the priest, and I never heard about a reverend. Right, right. But a priest. I always hear about a reverend when I all reverends are always black men from the south. That's when I when I was growing up. When I was even today, it seems like that's where you you find your reverends. And Reverend Martin Luther King. That's probably the first time I ever heard Reverend. And now, Scott, why do you ask? You said in my Catholic upbringing, what well, do you think about the word Reverend? Yeah. Because or Cat- the title Catholics uh, will refer to their Reverend as Father. 
right? So they don't call him Reverend, they'll call him Father, like the leader, or that's the priest, uh, a lot of cases. Or Fuhrer. The <laughs> Der. Obergruden Fuhrer. <laughs> no, what... So you're saying that the priest at a Catholic church could also be called a reverend? Well, no, I'm the, the equivalent. A similar office. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind uh, any title as long as I can do it by choice uh, out of respect. I'm glad to do it. But if it, you know, when somebody insists on being called doctor or if they insisted on father or reverend, it's just like, eh, yeah. why do you want that so hard? Come on, bro. Just call me. Or s- ma'am. Yeah, just call me Z-Dog Snuffleupagus. Okay. Yeah. Sir right. Scooter. Okay. If you're enjoying Jeff's chewing into the mic, oh, so you can so email him at <laughs> jeff at brosbiblesbeer.com. <laughs> They're such good sourdough pretzels. All right, moving on. <laughs> It's It's chaos here at Bros Bibles and Beer. There's people everywhere. Uh, Beer's being poured. Uh, The guests are sitting down. We're we're, uh, jumping around like little firecrackers, and uh, kids are going to bed. It's uh, it's just a time of of chaos. Is it still recording? It is. Just keep going. Yeah, I know. Jeff, just know. just monologue, Jeff. Monologue yeah. for five minutes. Right one, two, yeah, one, two. Sure. <laughs> we did hear big glass of wine from you, Sarah. Yeah. So. And I gave up alcohol for Lent, so I think I'm being a really bad Christian. I thought Lent was over. Really? I have no idea. Oh, Actually. my gosh. Grace, peace, never, cheers. Clink. I never. Sarah, how was the car wreck? Uh, it was awesome. It was uh, very humbling. As a human, I was on the way to the gym, and I literally had left a meeting with my staff, and I had said, I'm so stressed out, I'm going to go <laughs> lift something heavy, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I need to just like focus and get over it, and then I ran into the back of somebody. Now, was this on the freeway, or was it on side streets? It was on an exit, so Jamboree exit, um, and I drive a little tiny Mini Cooper, and my license plate is Mini Rev. So many rev. Oh my gosh, I've been behind you before. Really? That's incredible. That's me. Was I driving like a butthole? Well, that's apparently a- I do that now. <laughs> I'm like, wow, what a cool little car for a uh, reverend. Well, you know, pastor of disaster, that's me. Nice. Now, were you just blanking? Were you looking back up the street? Okay, and this is how I went down. Because I've done this before. I've, but it Have was at a, at a turn. Yes. Yeah, so I like was in where the you turn. think someone's going and then you look the and turn. then boom. I was in the turn and the straight lane. So <sighs> I was, they went and then I just, for whatever reason, thought, oh, if one lane goes, all the lanes yep. go, which is not true. Mm-hmm. That's not how traffic laws work. So I ran into, look at this. I ran into the back of them. Oh, the back. Okay. And she's been so sweet. She's texted me several times to check in on me. The person that I really? hit asked me if I need a ride anywhere or. Wow. Has like, yeah. She's, That's very nice. She's so sweet. She like had a meeting, so she had to leave. But then she was like, are you? Thank you, sweetheart. 
She said, are you still on the side of the road? She said, can I come get you? Oh, my gosh. Thank you. That's so amazing. She wanted to know if she could drive me anywhere if I needed anything. And then a police officer. This is a true story. A police officer came. He was beside us, right? So cop comes and stands next to me for a while. And while he's standing there, we see almost four wrecks, and we see a gnarly wreck happen in the exact spot. Oh, my goodness. And so the cop's just like, happens all the time. Wow. He's a hardened cop. And then a woman just pulls up. Wasn't he a little hardened? I guess, yeah. He was just tired of it. He was just like, oh. Literally a car wreck happened right in front of us. And he just rolled his eyes. He was like, Wow. Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty... Unbel- I, okay, I shouldn't over. That's words overused. Unbelievable. Go hyperbolic right away. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> no. I think there's a kindness that people miss in society that happens, but it never gets talked about. Where you hit somebody, she's got to go, and then she's contacting you. Yeah. Do you need a ride? I mean, texting me with emojis. That isn't not. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't happen often. I wasn't ready for that. She was so kind, and I felt awful. Um, because I just, I, I had hit her. And she said, you know what? I had a pole with my car. And so my bumper was already messed up. She's like, now I get to fix it. It's great. <laughs> so. You're welcome. You're welcome. Positivity. I guess so, guys. I And I think I was just sort of, I have this thing where like, it's okay for other people to have accidents. <laughs> but I don't like, I mean, being mortal is really hard for me. And so I felt really awful. I like, I felt like, how can I do this? Like, I've let down my family. I don't know what. Like, I just put so much. You did, but you didn't let down, like, <clears throat> God or anything, right? <clears throat> I mean, I feel like God was laughing at me more than anything. Like, <laughs> laughing was there, with you or laughing we at totally you? totally saw like, it coming. Were you worshiping or praying at the time? At the time of or, the accident. So there's. If um, not, I was there's no excuse. In tongues after it happened. Um, okay. Yeah. But um, so you got, you got hit in the head then. Yeah. Is your head okay then? I don't know. Well, that's the the girl that I hit actually was worried about me. She was like, "Just make sure, like, don't don't go to the gym. I'm worried about your head." <laughs> you <laughs> hit you. me really hard. Are you, <laughs> are you don't okay? go work out. Yeah. Was are this you all right? airbags deployment? No deployment of airbags. But because I drive, I was telling him I drive a little Mini Cooper, and the license plate is Mini Rev. So. And Mini Coopers are um, really dramatic. So if you like touch them, they are like, no. And so it like kind of went in. And Kick, oh, okay. Like the. Drilled it or kicked back or. The hood what? kind of just kind of oh. went in a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. But here's another great thing. My friend is a. I love that this is how we're starting this. My friend is a uh, car mechanic and he called his buddy who owns a car shop and he actually knows me through some church stuff. So as soon as I get there, he's already prepared for my personality. So he just is like, Sarah, everyone makes mistakes (laughs) (laughs) and like, just like ready with the, like, you just got to let it go. And I'm like, but I ran into someone. Yeah. And I haven't had the cry yet. So it could happen guys. Hey, let's hope. Just keep pushing me. Did I let God down? I don't, I feel like I let God down on a regular. So just kidding. My mom's Catholic. I've got like internal guilt. It's fine. Ooh, well, we'll get there, I'm sure. Wait, what? Jeff was crying last week when he mentioned Jesus. Guys, we weren't going to talk about this. Jesus is his MVP. It's the only time I've ever cried in my life. Easy. He said with a straight face, Jesus is my MVP. And he started to tear up as he was doing it. Get out (laughs) of it. Did I? Yes, you did. I'm I'm editing that podcast right now. I just listened to it. You can hear it. No, I think you, you... 
imp- I think it's you beautiful. inputted. Fine. You I inputted. think you inputted the. You're crying. Are you crying? And you kind of made it like I was crying. I wasn't crying. Okay. Well, so yeah, what would are, you, you want to claim something was in your eye? <laughs> Maybe a yes. speck or something. A plank. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, a don't log. go there, Jeff. That's that's tacky. It was a full-on Lincoln log. <laughs> MVP. <laughs> uh, I don't think I was teary-eyed. I think you were just. That's fine. You've been known s- to get emotional here and there, and that's good. Somebody has to. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. I don't Emotions. have feelings, so someone should. <laughs> I have so many feelings. I have all the feelings. All of them. All of them. All at once. Yeah. Would have loved to hear the the, the tongues of the accident, but that's you know I um, from a different you know, different podcast. I feel like my mother is British and my father is Canadian, and so I used to hear sayings that you don't say at school, and I wouldn't know that. And so I I remember being told like you can't yell oh bloody hell at other kids and things like that as a kid. So my parents would say these are words we only use in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so like I I think I came I have a sailor's mouth and I feel like I came by it honestly. I tried for like a really long time in college when I was trying to like really be a good Christian. I just like I'm just not going to curse anymore because it's you know every word needs to be used well. And so I tried to not curse for a really long time, but then I uh had a roommate who was just like today was a really bad day. If you just yell the f word, I think you're going to find you feel better. And I was like, "No." And he's like, "We're going to go sit in my truck and you're going to yell the f word." turned out i felt better <laughs> so yeah. so but i don't do like i said i don't curse from sermons or anything like that this is going well yet no we've already had one f-bomb and it, it wasn't fart oh, j- man. J- we just had a conversation about these kids that said don't say the f-word or you, you say it real quick these kids freaked out when somebody said the f-word and so i said i said fuck question mark and jeff's like no no no, 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 and no, it was, no. turns out it was fart. Yes. The so, F word that they were trying not to say was fart? Was fart. A babysitter said, oh, or I think it was babysitter. I'm not, I might be getting two stories, but same, same kids said, oh, you said the F word. And the babysitter was like, what, what? You said fart. Or oh, actually, oh. they didn't say fart. They said, you said the F word. And she realized it was fart. And at least I think, and then later on, uh, she was like, oh, my gosh, like, oh, you're swearing. It's, oh, because fart is a dirty word. Well, you can't say fart. You can't say, oh, my so what gosh. So what do you say as a kid? Do you say flatulence? What do you say as a child? Like, oh. fart, if fart's a dirty word? I didn't know that. Pass gas. I released air Pass from gas. my intestines. Yeah. <laughs> Get real scientific with it. <laughs> Burped out of my butt. <laughs> I've heard that one. I butt burped? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you said the B word. Oh, yeah, you can't say butt. Oh, Burped out of your behind. You did it again. <laughs> your behind. Gosh was also a swear word. Your goodness. Fanny. Goodness is okay. Gosh was swear. Gosh is a swear? Yeah. Yes. To them. I don't have kids. Can you tell? Yeah. No. It's because it's so close. It's so close to God. You know, I, this is how I curse, like, honestly, and I don't mean to do it, but if, like, something happens for every reason, I will yell. This is true. Father the bride. And I don't know why. I say mother, father. I started like cursing 90s movies. (laughs) That was like the easiest thing to do. It works. Yeah. Yeah. And then I tell my sixth grade to get back to work. (laughs) What's another movie? Are you a sixth grade teacher? Just kidding. Uh, Yes, I am a sixth grade teacher. There you go. And I do not say mother, father. (laughs) Mother, father, get back to work. My problem is um, for a while I tried to bleep, but I would bleep the wrong word. So then I just yell the curse (laughs) word really loud. So I had to stop doing that. Can 
If yeah, you how, how does that work? Can you yeah, just try it? So like, you have to do it randomly, I guess. Yeah, you can't, I, I would just I like bleeped out mother and just yelled the F word one time and you <laughs> when I was saying I was like, and then she said mother. <laughs> but I like <laughs> You bleep it. Yeah, that would be because I have a, I have a really good friend who can um, he can bleep out like it sounds like a rap album. He's so good. Like you're almost like, did he say? Did he say it? He didn't yeah. say it. So I was trying to imitate him, and then I just started cursing all over the place. I like, and if you do it perfectly to where you kind of hear the, f- and you hear the end syllables, but you yeah. don't hear in between, yeah. and so you know what the word is, but it's technically bleeped. That's how I like my bleeps. So if technical. you can do that while you're while you're talking, that's I like impressive. My, I like my bleeps technical. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Tight. All right. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers, Thanks guys. For coming over. Yeah. Thanks for having Glad you me. Made yeah. it safely. So you, me, are yep a former Rancho Santa Margaritian. I am. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I worked in Rancho Santa Margarita. I've yeah. never lived in Rancho Santa Margarita. Yeah. So. I think you know uh, my uncle and my aunt. Who are your uncle and aunt? Jeff and Debbie. Holbert? <gasps> yeah, I'm they, a Holbert. They're <clears throat> literally my heart. Yeah. Like I still I still text your aunt. Oh, really? <laughs> all the time. I'm, <laughs> they are two of the most fantastic people. I can honestly say that. They are. They are pretty darn nice. Oh, I'm getting all teary. Think now wow. I'm gonna cry. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, his Scott, you always know everybody. No, I mean, his aunt and uncle. It's a curse, really. <laughs> <laughs> they have been. They uh, they were members of my church where I was, and they're in the choir. So he actually has met them because he went and um, checked out yeah. the choir. They're really great. Nice. So I, you were you were the reverend at Santa Margarita mm-hmm. Presbyterian. Is that what it's called? No, United Methodist. How dare you? I'm sorry. I can't believe I just did that. Shepherd of the I even have notes here saying don't confuse the two, and I did it. Yeah, I planted it in my head. Call I, her a Lutheran. I, to, I was about to make some joke about you were destined to do that, you know, like predestined yeah, to make Yeah, you can do that. Yes. You're in good company and making fun of reform people. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. Eh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I, yep, that's what I used to do. I used to be the um, preaching pastor there, and I did all their mission and outreach stuff, and I worked with all of their artists. So I was the pastor of worship artists. Would you call yourself... What did you say, Zach? The lead reverend? What you? What was that? No, I just said the reverend. Oh, okay. I am. I am legally the reverend. The um, reverend Sarah Heath. Yeah. Like when I sign things, I have to sign reverend if I'm signing legal documents. Oh, wow. Do you introduce yourself as such to strangers? Never. Okay. So you're not going to insist that going forward? No. Because I will call you. We were just talking about this, too. I will call you reverend Sarah Heath out of respect. But if you were to say, no, please call me reverend, uh, it, it would all of a sudden get weird for me. I like, feel like it's kind of weird. weird. I feel like, weird. you yeah. know what, I had it explained to me this way, and I think this is the way I feel about it. If someone wants to call me Pastor Sarah, um, or they just want to call me Sarah, I kind of let people call me whatever they feel most comfortable with. Because for some folks, um, we have folks that go to our church now, uh, Priscilla and Susie, and they always call me pastor. Hey, pastor. And, what, and for them, I am their pastor and so for them that's the thing that kind of marks our relationship which is great um but i never never do i enforce it or require it i have on occasion gone to like really large non-denom events where i'm like literally only chick in the oh, entire yeah. room and then i will put reverend in front of my name <laughs> nice <laughs> little pot stirring because it's just weird and it, i just, it's like already weird in the room so just make it weirder that's my that's my 
ethos. Any cool stories come out of you doing that, stirring that said pot? Uh, yes. So I recently was part of a huge conference for people who are um, wanting to multiply their churches, and uh, which is weird. It was called Exponential. And I went into a little outbreak with one of our staff, uh, another one of our staff members, John, and he looked around and said, you are the only girl in this entire room. And I said, I'm kind of the only girl in like the thousands. There's like a couple of us other girls, but mostly. And so they always assume like I'm the children's minister or whatever. And the guy that was leading the the session, he had everyone break into like groups and talk to each other. And he had these certain questions people ask, like, what seminary did you go to and all that kind of stuff. Well, the weird thing was the leader was listening to my conversation like across the room. So he he like overcompensated for the chick in the room. So he was like, not all of us went to Duke and are smart like her. Like he didn't know what to do. And then he was like, when guys are having like dude on dude time or girl on girl time. And I'm like, he just said girl on girl. Yeah, <laughs> like, you made it weird. Yeah. And so uh, that guy was awesome. And it was really funny because I then went to lunch with my staff member and he was like, that got so weird. And I was like, welcome to like what people, people don't know what to do. Right. They're like, and a lot of people were like, so you're the children's pastor. Nope. So music then. <laughs> yeah. Like, they yeah don't choir know director. Do you fold bulletins? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, <laughs> what do you do? It's like, no. Refreshments. I, yeah. I lead the church uh, and they always say, oh, adults. Yeah. <laughs> adults. And so it's always that weird conversation. And yeah. just because they're not used to it. And I think you you kind of get used to people being not used to it. You know, people always try to guess what I do. And it's always funny. But yeah, that's my favorite one lately is if you're doing chick on chick discipleship. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you There's think? There's a market for that, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, it's a different kind of like only women should be discipling women was one thing that he said. Yeah, I've definitely heard that before. Wait, I mean, yeah. what what is happening in your discipling, guys? <laughs> that this is a problem. So yeah, that so men can disciple girl ladies, and men can disciple men. There's men on men, but not women on men, or women on men. <laughs> I'm confusing myself. No, but yeah, you, you get got the it. point. Yeah, it's definitely so. I think, and some people make it. Some people make it weirder, like yeah. they don't really know what to do, and especially if they come from a tradition where it's like not okay. So they're like. You're breaking rules. Mm. At the, my favorite thing was one time I was at a party and um, I was with a bunch of friends and this guy was just, I mean, he had drank a lot. He was feeling it. Brother. That's what we're trying to do here at Bros, Babbles and Beer, by the way. Perfect. So. Yeah, perfect. <clears throat> and not the nice, like, fancy beers here. I think he was, like, knee-deep in Budweiser at this point. Natty Ice. Natty Ice. Uh, so he comes up to me and tells me, I hear you're a pastor. And I was like, I am. Yeah, that's true. And he's like, that's not okay by the Bible. And then he started going off on me. And he had gone to like Biola and he felt like he needed to share with me. And so I don't know why, but I was feeling particularly like, huh, let's have this conversation. Let's do this. And so for whatever reason, I literally sat down and like was like, okay, this is interesting. How about the fact that like start talking about like the, you know, women shouldn't teach. I don't, don't allow these women to speak in church. These women is an actual type of woman that had been described before. And that if you look at the original language, of course, I'm having this conversation. I'm like, 
when you're reading the original Greek, which I'm sure you're doing, um, you know, to this drunk guy, he's like, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then he asked me out. It was awesome. Oh. <laughs> I was like, Sweet. I don't think so. We Thanks, could have bud. so many more conversations about this. <laughs> you broke the Bible. I have to go now. <laughs> like, it was so weird. So yeah, I feel like I make it weird just by being me, but it is what it is. How often do you get that where men, pastors, uh, ask you that question um, and ask you to defend yourself. You know what? It's funny. I think they're less likely to actually ask me, right? Mm. Because they're, they're usually a little uncomfortable. And so... Um, Do they go around, beat around the bushes and go to somebody else? Sure, sure. I've had that a couple of times. Or um, they just assume all these things because, oh, well, then you must be from one of them super progressive churches, which is not that wrong. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> I know, like we like Jesus. Like it's a very confusing thing for people if they've been taught for so long, especially if the, uh, what they're being taught is this understanding of like man over woman, woman submitting to man. So it's this very almost threatening mm-hmm. way. Everything I believed you're different than that. And I think too, one of the things is I really believe like God has given me this, um, I'd call it <laughs> like holy ability to um, kind of get people's de- defenses down. Like I'm like the sneak attack, mm-hmm. right? Like, cause I, I don't need to argue with you about it. If you're not comfortable, that's fine. No problem. Like I'm, I'm not here. And whenever people are like, I don't think women should preach. I'm like, well, you got to talk to God about it because I could have done a lot more other things and made a lot more money. You know what I mean? I make a joke out of it. Like, right. but the calling was real and I, lived into it and so I think it's it's funny how it creates conversation and I always remind myself that it might help them later you know and and I just it, as as disarming as I can be I am so I don't need to prove myself to you like that's fine like sometimes I make jokes like they sh- like women can't be pastors I was like you should tell my church that because yeah. they <laughs> keep showing up on Sunday mornings so I don't know um and I think too because I was discipled um, I kind of became a Christian under a female pastor. And so for me, it wasn't that odd, right? And so one of the things I was sharing today, there's this little girl that went to my church in Rancho Santa Margarita. And uh, when they announced the new pastor that would be coming would be a boy, she started to cry. And the uh, children's pastor looked at her and said, what's wrong? And she said, Pastor John cannot be my pastor. And they were trying to get to the bottom of it. And she finally said, he's a boy. Boys can't be pastors. Wow. Because <laughs> she'd never seen it. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, it, and it was one of those moments that was like, okay. And I said, you know what? Pastor John has kids. Like, he's going to do great. He's going to love you. And now she's experienced having a guy pastor who's great and loves her. And so I think it's just people, if they haven't experienced it, then they don't know if it exists or right. if it can be of God and all this sort of stuff. And I think that if, as disarming as you can be about it without being defensive, it moves the ball a little bit. And I always have to remind myself, it's not up to me to change people's minds, right? Like just keep being me. And then hopefully that'll move people. Especially in the context where there could be defensiveness going on when somebody brings it up, automatically their guards are up. And then Mm -hmm. if you're pulling out this pillar that was holding up part of their faith and all of a sudden they realize, wait, something's changed and it's not good. It's not comfortable. Right. So yeah, the disarming. So just exist and then... And then let kind of, I'm about to use super Christian words, but we allow it the, the fruit of the spirit, right? Like let what is happening, um, help 
help them narrate what they're experiencing. So I don't have to tell you um, that one of my things is that I, I love to preach, like experience it and maybe we can journey in it together. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it is always my favorite are the drunk guys though. You can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me later, yeah. bud. So just a nose full of beer breath. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I know I know we could probably lead up to this because I'd love to hear kind of how being a reverend came to be. Yeah. And but if you were preaching on a Sunday and Jesus walked in the door Ooh. and sat in the front row and then you were done, what do you think he would say? Um, if he if he if you said, Hey, you're you're new. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus. And I'd be like, hello, Jesus. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I hope, what I hope is that uh, what I've been working a lot with lately is trying to understand myself as enough in front of Jesus. And so I really... I, on Do my, you th- would there be insecurities? Oh, yeah. You're preaching in front of your boss. <laughs> like your boss's I boss. I like that. Like your boss's boss's boss. <laughs> Right as you're about to start, Jesus walks in the back, holds up his scars and says, hey, no pressure, though. I'm just going to sit right here. Go ahead. And then maybe he has like like nine out of ten, ten out of ten. You yeah. know, like, yeah. uh, this guy thinks, you know, like, so it's one of these things where I, what I would hope is that, and this is just where I'm at right now in my own walk, it's just sort of the idea of like, you're enough and what you gave was enough because you brought you and that's what I asked for, you know, and I think. Um, I, I think, I hope that would be the experience. Um, it's funny. I have these moments where it's kind of like I, I always invite Jesus into the space. But when I was really, I was, I moved to Mississippi when I was 14, which kind of changed my trajectory in so many ways. But, um, I started believing in this like super, like Jesus could show up at any time and that scared the mess out of me. So I started praying that like, Jesus, I know you're real. Please don't show up because I am afraid of ghosts. And so I just thought he would like show up in the corner. <laughs> like, so literally this was my Jesus. I know you're real. Please don't show up. <laughs> like, that was literally cause I was creeped out. So I think for me now seeing Jesus, I think Jesus does show up every Sunday. Um, you know, we have a homeless guy that comes in and out a lot. I'm not entirely sure that's not him. Uh, he hands me $2 almost every time and says, you know where this should go. Um, wow. yeah. And, uh, he wears a Burger King crown. You don't go to Starbucks with it, right? I do. Yeah. I'm like, I know where this should go. (laughs) (laughs) See you in a minute. Fix. Um, but it's only $2. That's not going to help. Uh, so I feel like there's just this beautiful moment where I think Jesus is always there. But if it was like actually like sandal wearing Jesus in the front row, um, I think I would, I would hopefully hear, you know, like good try. And it was enough. And I think Mm. that's, that's kind of what Jesus and I are working on right now is me feeling enough. So me running into the back of a car really helped that yeah. with my like <laughs> pastor license plate squished under her car. <laughs> in some ways it was a metaphor for your servant's heart. Yeah. You know, being under yeah. people and serving them humbly. Yeah. Pastor's license plate. Does it say like rev RVR? It literally says SRA says mini rev. Because oh, I that's what you Cooper. said. Yeah, you said that already, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It's okay. I didn't get it the first time. I'm, yeah. I apologize. I'm I'm here now. I'm I'm in the conversation. He's All in right. the space. <clears throat> yeah, I know. That's why. <clears throat> and I got it to be funny 
because obviously Mini Coopers are small and also I am small. And so a lot of people used to call me Mini Rev because I'm okay. the tiny girl and stuff. Well, someone could take that as rev, rev, that's like it's a the fast joke. car. That's the double on time. So yeah. when you've hit somebody with the mini rev, people aren't, I don't think anybody's thinking. I thought it was reverend. like the small cubic inches of the engine. That you too. Know. And the noise that it makes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably a high pitched. True story. When I bought my car, I yeah. bought a, I had a Subaru and then I bought a mini Cooper, which is a, a funny story in itself. And I brought it back the first week because it was making a lot of noise, I thought. And the guy who sold me the car looks at me and he goes, oh, no, 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 that's power. <laughs> because it's, it's, an, it's an S, so it's got a supercharged engine. Of the Subaru. Oh. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, this is the Mini the re- Cooper. Oh, yeah, yeah, I okay. was used to driving my right. Subaru, yeah. right? Um, and now all of a sudden I get, and I'm like, something's oh, wrong the with gargling. my engine. That's right. And he was like, honey, that's power. Yeah. Takes it from like <laughs> 90 horsepower to about 105. I don't, yeah. I don't it, It's quick. Cars are oh, my yeah. magic. I don't yeah. really understand them, but yeah. I'm sure there was a joke in there somewhere. Oh, I totally understand cars. Yeah. I don't know <clears> anything <throat> about them. <clears throat> is it, yeah. a, it's a stick? No, but I, Auto, okay. here's the thing is I grew up watching my dad drive who mm. drives a stick. And then, um, in Mississippi on a farm, my high school boyfriend, my he drove a stick. And so I always watch people driving sticks. So sometimes I make it look like it's a stick and it <laughs> nice. can actually be a stick. But it, the weird thing is my friend just asked me the other day, he's like, your car's an automatic. Why do you change? In, I yeah. do. It's weird. Isn't that weird? Thanks you just rest your yeah. hand on the, uh-huh. I know I got it. I, I it's got weird, it. but I don't drive a stick. So it makes no sense. Yeah. It does. No, it does. Sticks are fun. Yeah. Well, you can oh, turn yeah. mine into, but it's the paddle thing, yeah. and that's just not as fun. It's not quite as good. No. no. Sometimes it's fun going hauling ass around a corner, and then you you downshift it once or twice. That's pretty fun. But yeah, I don't. It's not a stick. I don't speak that language. <clears throat> I have no idea. Well, you can. You have really cool I don't know. Whatever. From Jesus walking in to, to what would he say to uh, slapping paddles, manual or automatic? automatic. Yeah. You want to do it your way. Or do you want to let me oh, wow. take charge? Wow, you're right in that sermon, aren't you? Just made it practical. I like that. All right, moving on. Jesus is your MVP. <laughs> oh, I really hope you said that. I did. He did. Oh, and he did cry. You know, it's interesting. I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> I'm coming to you from an extreme place of grief because it's March Madness right now, and my team just let everyone down yesterday. Oh, Duke. Duke. I I oh, went to Duke loss. for grad school, and so I have this big heart for duke i think it said the worst loss in history of the history of the world i literally got a text this morning from espn that says did duke let you down (laughs) because my my bracket got smashed apparently but they didn't need to text me i kind of knew already that's when you're dropping f-bombs without the beeps yeah no i was just like fart 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 that's rude espn anyway terrible so i feel like i'm already in this like Super sad zone. So, of course, my car. Of course, yeah. I hit someone. Of course, today. your car. Now, yeah. Let's go back and talk about Catholic guilt. Yeah. Let's get great. worse. Sure. So, <laughs> my mom uh, comes from a Catholic family, uh, and my father is from the United Church of Canada. And uh, so, we grew up kind of in the United Church of Canada, which is like they don't have it here. I know the name confused you, and you were thinking it's probably here. It's not. Um, there's not a lot of a lot of Christians in Canada, to be honest. And so we kind of all banded together. And so you've got like almost like a Wesleyan background, a Presbyterian background, and, a, and there's a form of bap- Baptist that all joined together in the United Church of Canada. And so there's... Like, really putting use to the name United. We did. Yeah. yeah, we really did. And so it's an interesting uh, 
thing that my my mom and dad when they got married it was a bit of a scandal because my you know my mom being catholic and my dad not but i discovered later that my grandparents my grandmother was catholic my grandfather was not um and so it's been interesting just learning kind of and and i really didn't know too much about it until i was in ireland and found out like just how serious the protestant and catholic argument is so i'm i'm from a mixed marriage yep but very interesting my parents were identical my mom uh catholic my dad not my grandmother catholic my grandfather not, not. I wonder if that continues through the lineage. They have a type. They do. Yeah. Some Catholic ladies. And we've broke the... Your wife bro- is not Catholic. We jumped out of the ha- hamster wheel. No, she's not. Both Christian. Well, but I Jeff, well, well, grew up. I was, I did grow oh, up Catholic. Yeah. So they're... And I broke, away, and I, and I broke I, away from that. I would say they are both yeah. Christian. So... So it's an interesting thing, right? To grow up with this like... I don't know what happened. Side note. <laughs> side note. He uh, said, no, I'm Christian. As if Catholic's as if, not like, Christian. Not, I'm, I'm, not, with I'm you. not Actually, you know I'm what's with you, Jeff. The following the rules, Catholic, that's not me. Ah. Work, I'm not, not following the Okay. The working for the Salvation. love, not, that's not me. Okay. Yeah. But, but you're it's not interesting. Catholic. You're bringing up a, a thing that I'd never experienced until we moved to the South, which was that people would talk about Catholics as if they were a different faith. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard on my mom because she would be like, we kind of started this thing a little bit, guys, you know, kind of thing. Like, yeah. And so the conversations that she would have to have with people about, no, I'm from a Christian background. I'm just Catholic because my mom went to Catholic high school and grew up in Catholicism. She left Catholicism actually because of the, the treatment of women within uh, within the denomination. And so she really mm. felt like she couldn't be fully herself and in a denomination where women were not able to fully live out, which she felt like scripture um, showed women to be able to live out. Because the interesting thing is, everyone wants to call Paul the guy who hated women. But if you look at what he says, he constantly keeps saying things like, these are the people who supported um, Jesus financially and his women, which is scandalous for the time. Or again and again, he uses the word deacon to describe a woman. He says, you know, when you see Priscilla and Aquila, um, they have been saints with me. They've been working with me and they're women. And yet we call Paul. I just know this because Paul and I broke up in college and we would only talk together about our mutual friend Jesus. Because once I started reading him, I'm like, this guy is a jerk. Yeah. And so I stopped reading Paul. (laughs) You're not really supposed to do that. But what did I know? I was in college. I was experimenting. Um, But I think I was definitely like the (laughs) Some people, my other sorority sisters were doing other things. I was not accepting part of the Bible. (laughs) Girl girl on girl discipleship. Girl on girl discipleship. That's right. Grief. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think that's one of those things that um, it's interesting to come from. Like my grandparents both were... um, had become Catholic and both were from England and they had a, they like could not understand what I, what I was as a pastor. Like that was kind of like, they just like, I, they never till the day they died. They never understood what I did. They're like, but she's so smart. Why is she, what, she went to grad school at a really fancy school. Like why, why is she taking a vow of poverty yeah. in their mind? And <laughs> yeah. so we thought she was going to be a doctor. Um, so I think there was a lot of, a lot of that. And so it's kind of funny how like, even if it's not, what you live out or it's in your, it's in your background, right? Like to know that stuff. Mm-hmm. So. so when did you come to the States? We moved in 1994. Wait, so you're not American? Nope. Oh, Actually, I am. 
I actually got my citizenship. We so did not agree to this, Zach. <clears throat> I didn't tell you for a reason. Yeah, you're locked in this Just room. Get her in the door. Yeah, yeah. I am British, Southern, and Canadian, so I'm brother Canadian. Wow. Bro. Oh, hey, bro. Bernadian. Yeah. Bernadian. So this is why I'm meant to be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Hey, Scott, to go back to the Catholic thing. Yes, sir. Uh, the idea that Mary is the one and because... Co-redemptress? Mary is the one in the Catholic Church. I mean, that's... Depends on who you talk Depends to. Depends on who you talk to. Also, um, it's Theotokos, right? So God-bearer. You just you just went right over my pay grade. Um, well, it's the idea of like she is to be honored because of who she carried. A lot of people think you're uh, right. praying to Mary, but the idea is that God is still so holy that there needs to be sort of a, a mediator. And then folks from the Anabaptist movement or the um, Baptist and all that sort of stuff, they said, no, 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 there needs to be no mediator. Right, yeah, and that's where yeah. people get their nighties in a knot. Is but they're not actually praying oh, so the, to Mary. The biggest thing in the Catholic Church that stands out for me is there's the no relationship. Just it's yeah, it's transubstantiation. Wonderful, <laughs> nice is is there's no relationship for me with Jesus. It's give it to the priest, and mm. then he'll. Communicate. And that's mm-hmm. that's another issue that, that the priest becomes a mediator a between you correct. and either God or Jesus. And, so that's and a the big priest issue. is a yeah. person just like me. And why? Yeah. And you are a saint. You have the Holy Spirit. You're a saint. It's not just people who the pontiff or the cardinals make saints that are saints. All believers are saints. I think that's a big distinction. Uh, because that's, I mean, that's the promise. The, the, the Holy Spirit's given out as, as a seal um, to believers, and that's kind of... So the sainting of people is problematic for you? If that excludes normal, everyday believers from being saints. I yeah. think that's one of the big things that I I struggle with is the idea of pastoral identity and the idea of... Are you, I think there's a problem when anytime I'm seen as Jesus instead of, or even a mediator for Jesus, Yeah. because I think exactly what you're talking about. I think the moments when I'm most vulnerable and most myself is when like, that's when the sweet stuff happens. That's when people start going, oh, then I call it a giant ministry of me too. Um, because mini, sometimes mini me too, mini me too. Yeah, just, <laughs> that was good. I like that. Hmm. Um, if, when they put you on a, a pedestal, that's problematic cause you're always going to fall, you know, because I, right. I won't say hi to you one day. And I think when I first started in ministry, that felt so heavy. Like how I treat you is how Jesus is treating you, which was just like, I felt like I had to say mm. hi to everyone. And then this false self just sort of falls over you. It's a heavy burden. And it's, it is, but the reality of it is when you can just look at people and be like, I screw this up on a regular basis. And for those are, the, those have been the moments when people are like, Oh, like you see their shoulders go down. And for a lot of them, they do come from a tradition where pastor made all the rules. We always listen to pastor pastor selected as a specialty above and beyond the regular, just believer. And I think that can be problematic, but it is really hard for me because then I struggle with, Am I being holy enough? Because I do see myself as a representative of Christ. I I remember feeling how special it was that I got to set three years of my life apart to study this thing, 
right? And not everybody gets to do that. So in order to like steward that well, I think I need to have some sort of a pastoral presence. Like I don't think you get up and preach and just like, this week I feel like telling you about my heart and just like go off on like, because I can't pay for therapy right now. You know what I mean? Like I think it's it, it's happened. I've seen people do it. Um, and so I think there's this real balance between being real with people, right? And I think what, you're, what you were experiencing with, I remember the idea that pastors couldn't get married. Um, how, how do they know the struggle of their first breakup? How do they know what it feels like when you mourn these things? And I think that that's the, the problematic thing for me in that, in that sort of setup. I get setting people apart, but um, there's this like meatiness of, and messiness of the world that I just really appreciate in a pastor where I'm at anyway. I did hear that the Pope said something about letting he people did. get married, but it, they have to be old, oldish, a certain age. There's I'm like guidelines. I'm hoping and I end up together. I feel like it would be cute. <laughs> Me and Franny. <laughs> yeah. You- <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Um, he's so he's so special though. He really is. Like conversation he's having even about um, women and even about things like birth control in countries like third world countries and the importance of that where women literally don't have the ability to say no. So within like cultures that I've traveled to in Africa and things like that, like there really is no power. And so for him to say in these situations, birth control is important because this woman, you know, her life, literally she has no ability to say no. And so it's really, he's opened up some pretty incredible doors. Yeah, but, it's definitely different, dare I say, a little bit set apart from some of the popes in the recent past. He really is. He really is. And it's it's beautiful because my, my family, again, that was estranged from Catholicism, has felt a, a like a kind of a callback and felt like they could be a part of it. But yeah, there is something about being set apart. It's kind of the idea of the monk, right? The person who is set apart. Like, I'm a nun by accident. I didn't mean to be. It just happened. I didn't mean to not get married. <laughs> like that just happened. <laughs> and so I think that's one of those things that like, well, the book's still open on you, I think. Yeah, I would hope Isn't so. It? I would hope so. Um, accidental none. That'll be my next book. Uh, I think there's a lot of just really neat stuff when people learn to be themselves in any position. And so from a pastoral perspective, I think it only brings goodness and wholeness. And when people don't aren't themselves, and we see this again and again and again. People who are like put on in this mask. You know, I always think of uh, what was his name from Seattle? Driscoll. Mark, Mark Driscoll. Driscoll. That dude. He had some anger, that one. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. I think he was accused of pride and uh, uh, the book thing with uh, using church funds to pre-order do pre-sales on the book. And uh, there's yeah, a they lot, bought the, lot New York, stuff the bestseller list. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah when you can do that. I think, we, I think we <laughs> talked about you. It can be done. Write that I down. think we talked about it on one of uh, our episodes. Which reminds me, I'm going to assume I'm ready that you didn't. Are you ready for this? I'm going to assume that you didn't listen to any of the episodes. I listened to part of one. Oh, okay. Because I wouldn't think you would have come. <laughs> Wait, on. One, you listened to one of our podcasts? Because yeah. you guys, I became friends with you on the on the Twitter. That's right. It wasn't that one Twitter. of the first. 400 podcasts was it um, i don't know which one it was because we finally worked it out after 400 400 was the, <laughs> i wish you had done 400 this will be 52 or something and yeah the first we had a nice beta alpha and beta testing 
that we didn't know we were actually beta testing. That we're and they're out there. Public. Anybody can listen to them. That's kind of the problem. They're horrendous. Here's like literally, that's the problem with being a creative, right? Like if you put anything out in the world, nowadays there's a thing called the internet right. where people can just look up their old stuff and be like, Sarah Heath believes this. I'm like, no, 24 year old Sarah believe that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think there's this weird thing that we got to figure out. And I think that's, it's interesting, like uh, Bart, he wrote this like, you know, uh, this huge thing that everybody reads all the time, but his whole theology changed over the entire reading. And some people will tell you, well, Bart's theology was this or that or whatever. But it's like, no, that was like early Bart. And we then later Bart looks different. And it's all in one thing called dogmatics because he just wrote a long book. Yeah. And Carl, I haven't read it all. Carl Barth? That guy. Oh. Barth. Perhaps Barth. you've heard of him. <laughs> Carl Barth? Well, exactly. That guy. I I never read anything about I him. I knew nothing about him and when I got to seminary. I was I did not know anything about anything that had to do with, you know, theology at all. And so I literally was like, Who's Carl Barth? And then yeah. everybody gave me stink eye. Yeah. Because I came in like the sorority girl that was like, Hi guys like I was legally blonde in seminary. Like I came in like, Hi guys, are we having mixers? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, awesome. I really didn't know like anything about like when I get went into orientation, I was sitting there and this girl was beside me and this other guy was beside me and I was like where'd you guys go to school? And the guy was like, I went to MIT. And I was like, K. And then like, I asked the girl and she's like, I went He's to like, K, that's not a word. word yeah. <laughs> and then I looked at the girl next to me. And she's like, I went to Yale. Where'd you go? I'm like, the university of Southern Mississippi. <laughs> like, it just didn't have the same ring. Right. And so I really felt like, Oh my gosh. Got him on more syllables though. Yeah, that's true. But I did feel like I, I was like, perhaps you've heard of us, Brett Favre. That's all I had. That's all I had, (laughs) friends. Is that Old Miss? That's not Old Miss. No, that is not Old Miss. Or Old Piss, as I call it. No, No, I take it back. Southern Mississippi, aren't they? uh, S-O-U-T-H-E-R-N, Southern Mississippi. S-S-S-I-P-P-I. No, I... um, Are they they green or purple? I think I'm... Or neither. They're black and yellow. They are black... And yellow. They okay. are the golden eagles. Oh, yes. All right. I got you now. Sometimes we have a football team. Sometimes we don't. That's mm-hmm. Santa Margarita High, isn't it? No, no, no. No, no. 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 Nope. Anyway. Anyway, back to that. No so, more yeah. sports. So I think when you look at when you create things and you put things out, it's, it's hard to create because you're always afraid that people can go back and look at your crappy stuff. But I don't think there's a reason not to do it. But it's just harder for us now. So like your podcast from the early podcast that you were just learning how to do. Yep. I have friends who are musicians and they always talk about their like first album and people are like sing that song and they want to yell back. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. So backtracking a little bit, you come to the South as a Catholic. No, not as a Catholic. United Church of Canada. United Church of Canada. I'm yep. sorry. And your mom was a Catholic. Yep. And so how did that, you, you mentioned Catholic guilt and you're still kind of dealing with that now. I joke around about. I think I don't know if it's Catholic guilt. I think I just come from um, just evangelical guilt just, too. There's yeah. just a lot of it, you know. I, <laughs> I think it's so funny how I came from a fairly progressive home, and then I moved to the South, and then I like really started to like. I really wanted to like get into this Christian thing, and I had been working in a summer camp in uh, Canada every summer, and it was part of the InterVarsity of Christian Fellowship, um, and so it had more conservatism but not really because it's still Canadian and so once I moved to the south and I learned all the rules of Christianity I didn't know but what I did know 
is that the Baptist Student Union in college had the Hot Boys. So I went there because of their worship leaders and the deep V-neck. Y'all remember that time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Solid that's deep. not still going on? I mean, it's I know, still around. I know some deep Vs around here. No, now we're boat necking it. Oh, yeah. Okay. And we're kind of skirting it, too. They've got the yeah, long shirt. Bit, yeah. That's a little I uncomfortable. Have no idea yeah, it's fine. Um, so <laughs> I think I started to try to like figure out. I remember using words like, I want to be a good Christian, but I'd never used those words before. And my friend from Canada, they were like, What the F is that? And yeah. I remember I described the boy I was dating. I was like, He's just a really good Christian. He's trying to guard my heart. And my friend was like, I literally don't know any of the oh words you God. just said. But guys, I meant it. I was so sincere. I know that language. Yeah. No, I spoke it well. So I, I think I like tried to be like a conservative Christian for a while. So I dabbled in that a little bit. That was my rebellious years. I so, brought home a Republican one time. That was weird. To put it out, <laughs> to put it out there in the world. Yeah. Um, you're looking for a guy that's not going to guard your heart. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> um, I'm just hoping he's, he'd guard my heart. Guard your heart. Okay, I'm just, I'm just I just think it's like the really weird language, but I didn't know because I was so like ingrained in it. And then I call my friends from Canada and the girls are like, I don't know the words you're saying. And I'm like, he's just so great. So just do don't you, just don't put it in the vows yeah. when you're getting married. And I promise to guard your heart forever. It's not that it's a mean? bad thing. But what it does just, it even mean? If I right. knew what it meant, it'd be better. I don't know. What it it's means. one of those things. The more you think about it, the more absurd it can. When you try to actually literalize it in your head, what, what does it actually look like? Well, and I'm lucky because I had like the Canadian buffer of like I would still talk to my friends from Canada, and I still remember one time I was like telling them about my friend. I'm like, my friend's going through a really tough times. So I'm just trying to love on him, and yeah. they were like. Oh, <laughs> I don't. What? <laughs> I feel like that's not good. <laughs> I was like, I'm just really trying to love him, love him into this. What? Yeah. Yeah, we use really weird language. I'm walking with him. I'm yeah. walking with him. Do, so, do you put mayonnaise on your French fries? I have. Oh, man. I, I did that last week. Whoa, Scott, guard your heart there. Guard your heart. Have you had poutine yet, Scott? What? Have you had poutine? I'm sorry. <clears throat> What? I'm sorry. You've had it, haven't you? Um, Cheese, curds, and gravy. That's how you do French fries, friends. No, 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 no. In San Diego, there may or may not be a food truck that's all poutine. I'm just saying. I might have chased it down. Awesome. I have not had that. No. You You thought about it. it. You might enjoy poutine in the mouth. This game is making me both uncomfortable and also. I'm not laughing for the record. <clears throat> Scooter's not laughing. <laughs> Let's move on. Is Jeff crying again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was it again? There's no crying in podcasting. Poutine. Poutine. Oh, no, I, I get that. I heard that many it times. It is. It is. What is, is it actually? It's heaven. It is french fries. You can make fun of it all you want, but brew right here on El Toro has it. It is gravy on french fries and cheese curds. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. No, I haven't had and that. bacon so sometimes. Brew, brew's right there on I've Rockfield. Actually, I think I've eaten this. Rockfield and... Now uh, you're guarding yeah, our house. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going. Like yeah, you said. it's on Antaro. Yeah. It's right by Lucille's, which makes really good barbecue. Oh, yeah. I like food. I really. love totally food. Not poutine. Till now. Well, Til I now. think I've eaten it. Yeah, I love food it. so much, I don't really care. Yeah, It's it just all good. You're like, I'll have that. Yeah, just put some poutine well, on it. Now, now, for the record, when Jeff says he loves food, he's got two main choices. <laughs> I'm ready. Wait, make her guess. Yeah, okay, what do you think the two main choices uh, that Jeff... He's a, he's a foodie. 
Oh, shoot. Of sorts. A foodie of sorts. And I was and born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska on steak and potatoes. Omaha, as a Christian. Nebraska. As a Christian. Not as a Christian. Oh. Then. Yeah. Oh, that makes a difference. So you were Catholic in the food. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was nothing. Okay, so, but you're in California now. Yes. I want to make a joke about you loving kale, but I don't think it's true. Kale. I just love kale. It's a super food. I love it so much with the antioxidants. How are we going to get rid of this? Let's call it super. All right, put it in the markets. I think think your food of choice is, uh, I want to say a hamburger. Just say it. Just go. Your first. My, My first was like hamburgers. But from where? First, first thought. Hamburger. We're hamburgers from like a restaurant or from what? It's. I, it do you might, want to name dairies? It might be. <laughs> it, it, I don't know what kind of it, cow. I mean, I am from the south, but I still can't might, name cows. It might be That's considered so a restaurant. <laughs> you eat junk food, don't you? You eat junk food. That's how I say stay so slim. <laughs> you don't look like you eat junk food. Uh, okay, hamburgers from. Please say McDonald's. No. Big Macs are the best. They're fries. <laughs> you are a foodie. <laughs> it's either McDonald's or Del Taco. Well, today I had a double <laughs> double char burger and potato, sweet potato fries and a strawberry shake from uh, The Habit. Well, the Habit. Oh, The, the Habit. Habit's a step up. It That's is. gourmet for you, though. It is. Yeah, Del Taco and my McDonald's are my go-tos. Del Taco, um, I used to go to all the time because they have tur- turkey tacos. Um, and that's not why I go to Delta. Wait, wait till you hear this. I Christmas day before Christmas, the eve of Christmas Eve, I was running late. We had all this stuff going on, obviously, cause we had Christmas. We had these huge services we were doing with like snow was going to show up. Cause the end of my sermon really went like this. Are you ready? <clears throat> and that, it's, it's almost as impossible as it's snowing in Rancho Santa Margarita. And then literally, and then people would walk out and it would be snowing on them. You're welcome, Disney. Wow. So we, we rented these Disney. <laughs> I know. Awesome. It's, I know. But it was fun. And we, we rented these. It was good it's like at gold the time. like gold flakes from the ceiling. It was angel Loving feathers. all over that congregation. We just loved all over them. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to take that to a different place. Anyway, so um, I get my Del Taco turkey taco I always get. And I get super food poisoning. And I end up oh. having to go to the like ER because I can't stop throwing up. And the doctor's like, you know, we got a pumper full of all that. Like they literally put like me on an IV and they're like, she's dehydrated. She's like, I'm going to need you to take a couple weeks off work. I was like, I'm a pastor. And she went, Christmas is tomorrow. <laughs> and I said, oh my I kind of know. And so yeah. she yells at the nurse. She's like, I need and like yelled all this stuff. Oh she's like, goodness. and she literally yells down the hall. She's a pastor. <laughs> so like, people start like running. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. By the way, me being a pastor is also very confusing for people that work at ERs. I was going to say, like yeah. they get there and they're like, where is, is she he? on drugs? <laughs> no. True story. My favorite one was this person, uh, I parked, so I I pull the mini in, I parked my car, right? And it's the clergy only parking over here. And, uh, I parked my car and this sweet man comes up to me. He's like, Oh ma'am, this is for clergy only. And I was like, I'm Reverend Sarah Heath. And he was like, of course you are. (laughs) He didn't know what to do. And I was like, um, thanks though. You know, and then I'm running in and I was dressed to go out. I wasn't dressed to like go to an emergency situation. So I'm running in and I, this woman, this person had had a heart incident. So I'm running in and 
the severity of what was going on with them, only family and clergy were welcome in the room. And mm. the security guard stops me. He's like, it's only flam- family and clergy. I was like, I'm Reverend Zeri. Then I hand him my ID. And he like looks at it. He's like, okay, great, go back. And he comes back all sheepish later with other security guards. He's like, I forgot to give you back your ID because I was so confused by what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't believe me you were clergy. Guys, I told you she was real. <laughs> and I was like, hi. <laughs> In my clip-clop little cute heels. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is embarrassing. Were you going to the club? <laughs> the club of Rancho Santa Margarita. Hey, I think there's... I feel like there's not. There may be at the... The Mexican food place in the canyon, maybe. Maybe. I feel like that's not really maybe. clubbing. Yeah, no, I was hey. going out. I was like Clubbing's clubbing. Nice. Clubbing's clubbing <laughs> on the canyon. Even at the RSM clubhouse. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, that's that's the I confuse even security guards at the ER. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just have had so many stories that built up your resistance to people freaking out at the fact you're a reverend. Yeah. 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 When did you become the reverend of um, for the Methodists? So I uh, graduated from seminary in 2005. And after I graduated, you can kind of go through the process of ordination, which in the Methodist Church takes about two years. So you first go through a process of like, it's basically like writing a thesis for um, your doctoral thesis. You have to, um, it's 90 pages usually by the time you're all done. And then you have to go before two boards and it's, it's intense. And so when I first moved out here, I just, I was still part of the Mississippi conference and I wasn't sure whether or not I wanted to be ordained. Um, because within Methodism, we still have the itinerant system where bishops can tell us where to live. It's kind of like being in the army. And for me, that was just not something I wanted to do. Um, because I really believe that you have an affinity and a love for a place and you need to kind of get grounded in that. Um, and so I, I struggled with whether or not to get ordained, but I was discovering that I just kept feeling this call more and more to being a preaching pastor, which was something that I kind of buried and just, I was like, I'll just do youth and college ministry. Then I don't have to be fully ordained. You're a woman, duh. Because I'm a woman. <laughs> it's dangerous when we speak. And so I, uh, but more and more people were asking me to speak. And so it came to a point where like, Literally, they asked me to start a different service at my church. So they're like, can you do your own service where you're also preaching? So I was an idiot. And I thought, well, of course I can be the youth pastor, the college pastor and preach a service every week. And more and more people were kind of saying into my life, like, I feel like you should um, be ordained. So it took me years to decide to do that. So it wasn't until 2011, no, 10 that I started to um, actually go through the ordination process. And I was also going through a pretty difficult point in my life. And so I wrote these papers and I think they got the sense that, so when I was in college, the, the, my sorority called me the on the edge pledge because I would always be like, I mean, I could be in a sorority or not. So nobody hazed me because they're like, yeah. she could leave. Um, so I was kind of the same way with being a pastor. I really, I held it so loosely that I went through my ordination and I was like, I don't know. You guys tell me, I feel like this is speed dating. Is this working out for both of us? You know, kind of thing. And I think they felt that. And so they, um, I went through really quickly. So I went through my first, uh, being commissioned. My first papers passed, my first interviews passed. Your aunt and uncle were there. And then two years later, um, again, just in a really difficult season of my life, but I was like, 
in some ways I was hoping I wouldn't pass because being a pastor for me had all this baggage that I wasn't sure I wanted to carry around. Like I kind of miss weekends. So I think I I thought like I I could then be like, I knew I wasn't supposed to do this. So I like, (laughs) I held it loosely again and went into my interviews and, um, it went really well. And so I went straight through. So I finished in 2012, I think 2011 or 12. I'm bad with math. And maybe if you wanted it bad, and you knew you wanted it bad, maybe it goes a little bit differently mm-hmm. since you were hold, holding it so loosely. I think it was one of these things where um, I, a lot of people think like once a pastor, always a pastor. Or, and I just I have a different view on life where I think it's seasonally. And I've known people who have done ministry well past the years that they um, felt passion for it. And that's not a healthy situation for the congregation yeah. or for them. Right. And so they're faking it constantly. And so I, I don't want to be that. And so um, I think because I was in such a place where a lot of my, um, I just was, again, holding it loosely and went in and was like, I don't know, do you guys think I should do this? <laughs> they were like, sweet, someone's being honest. Because literally the people who were being interviewed with me were like shaking. They were so nervous about the process because they saw themselves as a Methodist pastor. Mm. And I felt like we were more like figuring it out together. Right. Doing a podcast in an upstairs office. Yeah, that's what I thought. Just like that. I was hoping it would end up being this dream right here, guys. And it's finally happened. (laughs) It's here. It's it's happening. Bucket list. Bucket list. I actually have a bucket list in my purse. True story. Ooh. Can we hear a couple? Uh, Sure. You could say it. We could save them, maybe. I um, actually think I've left it in the car. But yeah, I have, as of lately, been making a bucket list. Interesting. Yeah. Some of them are great. Like, I want to see the Northern Lights in Iceland. That works. I think that'd be great. I want to make pasta with my friend Iris, who's Italian. So I'm crossing that off my list next week. From scratch, pasta. Or pasta, as I used to say when I was Canadian. Nice. Oh, dang it. I said it. I said it, but I caught myself. I say nice. Nice. Drink, listener at home. Take a shot. Every time you say say nice. nice. Way too much. If you say beautiful, I'm going to go over there. Uh, I said great. I said terrific. So let's do you have a bunch there. of words you can't say? Well, no, just those it's two girly nice words. Nice and beautiful come up. Interesting. And then yeah, what, is, do yeah, what do you mean girly yeah. words? She I'm almost just missed saying. that. <laughs> also, I was wondering. So, am I the babe for bros beers? No, I would. Speaking for Zach, because I don't want to put him on the spot, but I would say that no. Because his babe is the babe. Oh, she's the babe. Technically, that's true. But we do say babes sometimes, babes. So, so you I could be, be one Bros, of... Bibles, beer, and sometimes babes yeah. is kind of the parenthetical. And sometimes babes. <laughs> sometimes babes. Yeah. And Zach's, sometimes what? Yeah, Zach's wife has been on, my wife has been on, and now... You're the first guest stand alone. we are focusing on. So, wow. I feel honored, guys. I well, really do. we start with what we know, and turns out, besides our wives, we just know a bunch of white dudes, so... <laughs> Yeah. You so might want to work on that. We are. Yeah. This is the first step. You, you are yeah. the beginning. Oh, I'm glad guys. I was not involved I'm... at all in, in inviting you, but that's uh, <laughs> yeah, a big step. You're the gateway drug to diversity. I was just going to say, a lot of people, <laughs> literally, again, my sorority, I won the least snobby award three years in a row. Really? That's surprising. And they would, they would honestly say, <laughs> what? Just um, they would honestly say, <laughs> Sarah brings diversity to our and I'm like I'm the same color like what do you mean diversity it was because yeah. they at the time they said sometimes she sits on the independent side of the cafeteria that was like the reason that I was not snobby because wow. I sat with the independents on occasion 
Interesting. I know. Yeah. And occasionally I would date a non-fraternity boy. Mm. Oh. I know. I wow. went outside of the box, guys. Wow. And then I end up at Duke where... So I had... <laughs> I had had this experience of being like the girl that everyone wanted to study with in biology. And then I get to Duke and I really feel like I'm having that moment where if you've seen the movie Legally Blonde where nobody wants to study with her. I was like, hi guys, did he say extra Jesus or did he say extra Jesus? What's happening here? Like I, I literally said that sentence. Yes and yes. So I like walked around and everyone's like, that's okay. We're not studying wow. tonight. And I'd be like, wait, you are studying. Why can't I study with you? you? So I was her. Oh. And then I did well in school. So Herma who? Forget it. Herma, my hermeneutic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. No, it was, it was one of those experiences of like all of a sudden I was like, I honestly wanted to be like, I was the smart one. Like I wanted to say that, but that didn't work out for me. Yeah. Yeah. So back to babes. Um, back to babes. You, <laughs> you said it. So... And my wife has said it. As long as people aren't offended, we can. We don't. Do we care? I don't. We don't. Really, the I'm bros sure just stand care. for the three of us, and it's not like I've had friends like try to get me to change the name a while back. Like people are gonna think, dude, bro, and it's not a dude, bro thing. It's not like I a like frat, it. bro. I think it's kind of cool. It's more just a clever alliteration. So, but I also think it works. opens the doors for some people who that is really comfortable for them. And then if you push the boundary on what that is, again, it's that yeah. moment of being really disarming and talking to people with the language and nomenclature that they're used to. Mm-hmm. So like bro is something that you say all the time. Yes. And then to be in that space and then maybe again, move the ball just a little bit. And I think that's what we miss out on when we judge like, Oh, that's not the proper way to say that. Right. Um, and I, I, I struggle with that. I don't like this um, angry thing that's going on right now where we've got two sides of the world that are just sort of like i'm right i'm right and um there is i don't know if you've noticed yeah just actually if you want to log on to your facebook and then just start scrolling um i only know one guy who does (laughs) i only know one angry guy in there so yeah i don't watch tv so we're all we're all good and he knows who he is we love you angry man yeah Yeah. oh is he gonna write is he gonna post he happens to be a black belt in jujitsu Ooh, is he that scares me i don't know if he's a black belt I think he's brown belt. I tried to choke him out once. <laughs> Not <laughs> a big deal. He had a broken arm and he was drunk. Oh, that's totally cheating. Mm. Yeah. So in our time, there's this there's this two sides thing, but go ahead. I think there's been two sides for eternity, but Yeah, exactly. It's how we raise children for for a good reason, right? Like don't do this, don't, don't do, do that. that. If you do that, bad things happen. If you do this, good things happen. Or at least non bad things happen. You get you get the point, but <laughs> that binary thought is something that kids have, and then somehow we, we don't, don't grow out of, it. out of it, right? And so I think when you can speak to people in their own language, um, you know, we have a the church that I'm currently at. We've got a a sea of folks who um, grew up. We've got like probably about twenty folks who are fairly older in age, mature. They're very mature, seasoned. They're seasoned. <laughs> Um, well seasoned um, and they grew up Methodist and there's words that they need to hear to feel comfortable so me being an ordained elder is really important for them right that their leader is an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church that she has all her you know T's cross I's dotted that's what they need but then we have most of our churches growing from people who grew up evangelical non-denom that kind of stuff and a lot of them come with a lot of church baggage and hurt so there are words that we're having to re-narrate for people. And that's something that we're even doing through a sermon series and conversations that we're having. Because we can re 
claim a word in such healing ways. So like bros, like why isn't it okay for guys to hang? Like, why is that a big deal? But it is. Some people are like, you've got to invite everyone into the room. But I don't think by saying actually we're a group of dudes who hang out, that's not necessarily as long as you're having that conversation problematic. But I think we've gotten real sensitive and maybe too sensitive sometimes. I'm totally guilty of that. I mean, I say I think you are sensitive. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thanks, God. Oh, no, I've, I've heard. Yeah, you shouldn't say bros. You, if you're going to say it, you should say brothers because bros is what, you know, gang bangers say to each other. I would all looking at the three. And just of you, look at us. I would think <laughs> we're so gang, gang bangers. bangers. <laughs> <laughs> As he eats his McDonald's hamburger yeah. in the corner. And he goes <laughs> to Starbucks a lot. Three white hey, guys. Can I get a cappuccino? <laughs> <laughs> that is Extra <laughs> foam. <laughs> Guess how many tattoos between the three of us? I'm going to go four. Anyway, we got someone else in the room. I don't know if yeah, this is a good creative, time. We have my creative arts director. This is Daniel. Daniel Roberts. Hello, everybody. Yeah. Hi, Daniel. He had to drive me here because I wrecked my car. She wrecked uh, car. Uh, so, so how many tattoos do you think the three of us have? I said combined. Four. combined. She said four. That's close. Did you just, did you just look at my butt? No. No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, your butt looks looks pretty all right. Okay, 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 okay. You can't, you yeah. cannot out awkward Daniel. Don't yeah. even start this chicken fight. You will lose, my friend. It will get weird yeah. for the three of us while you two are still going. All right, I, Daniel you, is you king win. of you made it weird. You win. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say two. Oh, oh, interesting. He took it down. Yeah, oh. it's zero. You guys have none. Yeah, combined. Get, yes, oh man. Get, you banging. wanted to say zero. I, I thought you did. I had a, you know, you yeah. guys have none. Go with first none. instinct, man. I, none. First instinct. None. I've talked about it. If you want to cry, I've got. I mean, there's my sons who passed away. There's mm. his hands and footprints, and I've talked about working something with his hand handprints. But I need it to be really good, and I don't know what it's going to be. So that, if I get a tattoo, it will be something regarding that. Okay, how many tattoos do you think we have between the two of us? Mm. After that comment about uh, this guy. Look at his butt, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's got a lot? Uh-oh. I don't know. I'm going to go... Um, this is a fun game. Nine. Nine tattoos between the two of us. Jeff. I'm going to... I'm gonna <laughs> stop looking at my butt, Jeff. I know, I know it's good the mirror is right behind him. So I want to say eleven, but I'm not going to say eleven. Um, I'm going to say two. Two between the two of us. Mm-hmm. All right. You said nine. I said nine. And two. So without going over, Scott. Gosh, this is the Price is Right. Man. <laughs> um, Which was a badass show. Can we all just say that? Yes. I used to like to be sick to watch the Price could, is Right. Could we have them take off a piece of clothing so yeah. we can just get a head start? <laughs> Daniel, your like shirt, please. Mm, it's getting hot. <laughs> six foot six, so all of Daniel. Is he six six? He is six six. I've only seen him sitting down for the most part. Uh, I'll just go with zero. Zero. We have a combined total of three, and they're all on me. <laughs> oh, I was so close. Dang it. Yeah, three total. So close. Right? Three. Yeah, three. Quick yeah. inventory. That's funny. I have my... What, my right? Three? Uh, yeah, I, I, don't I don't know. I don't know why I asked him. He doesn't know. <laughs> I have my sides tattooed, my wrists are tattooed, and my uh, foot is tattooed. Okay. Yeah. 
Would you say your sides are tattooed? My side. Oh, I'm sorry. Just one. Right, I was just taking you literally. Just one. I just have one on my side. So they're all word like sayings or words. And so down my side it says whatever befall from be thou my vision. It says whatever befall by my heart. So heart of my own heart, whatever befall. Nice. Dang it, I said it again. Drink up, fools. <laughs> but if you need a good tattoo artist, I have an excellent tattoo artist. He's okay. amazing. Yeah. You don't have like um soulmate tattooed on your ankle or something? Oh no, I don't. Mm. I have on my on my foot it says not a note is out of tune. And it comes from a job. Well, if I start singing, I think you'll want to get that <laughs> covered over. So it's oh, from the man. John Foreman song. He says, I look out the window and the birds are composing and not a note is out of tune or out of place. So why do I worry? Why do I freak out? God, you know what I need. So I, all of my tattoos are like a journal. So it's when I've been going through uh, fairly difficult things in my life. I get yeah. another tattoo. And so this one, the one on the side is from when one of my best friends had a heart transplant at 30. And I was in Israel uh, teaching a class. And so when he got his heart transplant on uh, Ash Wednesday, actually, two years ago, mm. um, I, we were singing Be Thou My Vision. And when we hit the line that said heart of my own heart, I lost it. And so um, when he was not doing very well and kind of in a coma state, um, I told him, hey, get out of this and I'll go get another tattoo because he always goes with me. And so uh, it was a promise made. And so a couple of months ago, we went and got that done. So, wow. Yeah. And then my foot is the from the uh from that song and then my wrist says beloved cuz I'm that Christian. I know. Like like the apostle John. Mhm. So I struggle yeah. I struggle with feeling loved by God and others. That's my that's my thing that I've been I deal with with a spiritual I had a what do you call it? A spiritual director. And uh that word just kept coming out for me. And so when I was 27 children, that's as old as I was when I got my first tattoo, I was 27. And so I got that done. So that's mm. my, my body's a journal. At some point I'll get like a typewriter typing all the words, but that's what I've got right now. <laughs> so after this traumatic experience. Being with you three. Yeah, what, um, <laughs> or my car wreck, which was more traumatic. <laughs> yeah. This is icing on the cake for just a shit hell hole of a day. You know what? Actually it was a, it was one of those things of like, do I go? And my dad says to me, I feel like you'll just be more raw. It's good. <laughs> That's what my yeah, dad said. Yeah. Good advice, dad. Mm-hmm. You totally could have canceled. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to. I think it's, it, it sucks to have a car wreck, but it also sucks to go home and just sit about, think about it. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm not going to. I'm glad that we could be your uh, therapeutic uh, yeah. outlet. Yeah. I'm excited for, he said that everyone cries and then we all hug. That's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. So Jeff, we're getting to those. <clears throat> Start the crying. <laughs> well, I have a, so regarding your nun status yeah. in UN, is that somehow connected to, she mentioned it before, Scott. No, I just, were you, you listening before? I, I made a joke about I, being a nun. I couldn't remember if that's where I had already entered the conversation or, or if you that thought was I the, was a nun when you met me. And so now you're like, Oh, confirmation. Cause I look <clears> like an, I don't look like a nun. No, just when you, you said, you, Said the letters. I was like, "What the heck are you talking about?" I'm I'm with you. That's how it's spelled, right? Again, I'm with you. You know, and he's very apt because yesterday the Pew report came out about nuns and O and yes, folks who decide they're are actually more conservative than they thought. Interesting. Yeah, that came out yesterday. Future podcast topic. I'm just saying. So, the nun status. Is that somehow connected to you not feeling, 
feeling like he can be loved by people and by God. I would think so. Yeah. I think because I've had some fairly traumatic, uh, experiences around that. I think there is some of that, right? Like not feeling protected by Mm -hmm. God or, um, we've been talking a lot about it. Actually, I'm thinking about doing a podcast on this topic. You ready for the title? Yes. I don't know if I should reveal it though. Don't I was going to ask you about it later because I, I knew you had some uh, questions about that. Yeah, I've been thinking about doing a podcast on the idea of what it's like to be um, particularly a woman who's intimidating. Huh? Yeah. Okay, I thought yeah. it was a good title. Yeah. I like it. That's Get what it? it's like it. Intimidator? No, intimidating. Get it? Intima. Yeah. Dating. Dating. So I think that's one of those things that it's Is dating a, in parentheses? I don't Wait, know. How is, are we going to do that? Does that mean you're going to like go out with a bunch of dudes? Me, maybe. We'll see. Um, um, research. Research. Mm. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Pastor so goes out with a bunch going? of guys. <laughs> no. On the next. <laughs> tell Intimidating. Me how, tell me how you're feeling about this. Um, I think it, it's more the idea of, yeah, it, it is a, a sense of not feeling, uh, I guess, normal in some ways. Because a lot of my friends at my age are married and have kids. And then there's me, you know, who has a really cool dog. Um, and so I think there's a lot to be said about what does that mean? And, um, what does that look like? And living in orange County, it's different. It's weird. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, those are all things I'm kind of looking at. We'll see. We'll see if I actually do it. It makes me a little bit nervous to get out there. That would be great if the intimidating podcast was your debrief with your date. Oh my gosh. So how do you think it went in this part? Why don't you come over to my house? I yeah. I, let's not do that. Just ambush him. <laughs> let's not do that. Shove a microphone hey guys, in his face. There's three guys in a room that would like to talk to you about <laughs> how you felt this went. Because I feel like it didn't go well, but you might have had a different experience. Yeah. We no. need you to rate the intimidator. I think it's more the idea of what does it mean to be um, both fully present to your ministry and what you do and who you are, and to be a human. And it's not easy. You know, uh, I think there's a lot of folks who, when I entered seminary, it was a joke, you know, that all the guys were like literally dealing with girls who just were like, I just want to marry a pastor. Funny thing is, there's not a lot of guys going around going, you know, just, you know what I want? A lady of the cloth. That's what I want. (laughs) You know, it's like weird. Um, And so I think that's, it's been a weird journey for me having, you know, been someone who never thought ministry was their, their jam. And then to be doing this and then at the same time going, I like this, I love this, but is it at the does it negate me having the life I was hoping for? Um, and I, so I think there's some of that, but I don't know that I want to work through it publicly. How's that going out for you guys? I can just work it out. Yeah, we're totally working out their marriages, uh, on the podcast. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that conversation that, um, it's interesting too, as I've been sharing with different, I work at a co-working space and so there's a lot of, um, really world changing, amazing humans. And, um, a lot of the women are, are single. Um, and Where they're young. Um, yeah. So the address is, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm so excited. It's scooter at bros, Bibles, Scott, Scott, <laughs> Scott, at Scott at bros, Bibles, yeah. yeah. That's his so address. Just, ladies. You can just give that out to um, me, um, and as we talked about it, you know, it was interesting. So we, we were talking about this, this lovely girl, Chloe, who's from England has been visiting us for like the last month. And she says, you know, it's interesting is, Women who are single at your age are called intimidating. Men at your age who are single are called those who won't settle down. Like for guys, it's like, mm. yeah, he won't settle down. Yeah, interesting. And so it's one of those things that 
Um, it's, it would be an interesting conversation. I don't know that I want to have it. I've been thinking about it. So it might be in me, but, um, it's a tough thing, but it's the same thing with preaching. Even when you, how much of yourself do you put into the sermon, right? How many, you know, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of pastors tell stories about their kids or their whatever. Like right. there's only so many, my dog stories folks want to hear. Um, so I talk about <laughs> sports cause that's what I love. Um, <laughs> so that makes people a little like, Oh, you know, because you want to bring part of who you are into everything you do, I think. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm a nun. I'm accidentally a nun. Well, not really, but kind of. Yeah, on purpose. Kind accidentally of, on purpose. That's something. Yeah. Well, no, I meant just yeah. I'm I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm. Totally I don't have a habit, so if anyone's hoping for that, that's not gonna. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I. The I, outfits are called habits. I missed that. I have nun. no idea. Outfits are called habits. I have, really? They are. Yeah. You just learned, Scott. Wow. I, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Scott. I didn't. I don't know something. That's weird. Yeah. Well, it happens to all of us every now and then. <laughs> usually he. All I mean, my nun studying uh, just. We know he doesn't know things, that. But usually it's not that. It takes him longer to admit he doesn't know something. No. Like, yeah. when, what are you talking about? That like <laughs> never happens. He doesn't seem defensive at all. At yeah. All. <laughs> what are you talking about, Zach? <laughs> So how how did you move from Rancho Santa Margarita to is that Costa Mesa or Newport it's Coast Beach? Mesa. Costa Mesa. Um, our bishop actually asked me. Um, so the bishops move us, and uh, I had two years ago, and they brought me in. I'm part of something called the District Planning and Strategy Committee. Isn't that exciting? Um, it's basically folks who are they feel like um, kind of understand sort of the way in the movement that churches is are kind of making churches are having or whatever. So they asked me to come in and sort of evaluate along with two other folks, how this church was doing in Costa Mesa. Now I had lived in Costa Mesa for six and a half years um, prior to that. And so I lived in the back bay and really in that neighborhood in that area. And so I really cared about this church. You know, it's 80 years old, beautiful uh, building, gorgeous. Shut up, Zach. The church. I use it in context. It's you don't have to shoot, take a shot. Um, well, yeah. So it's been around since 1912, the actual group of people, but the building itself was built in the twenties. So it's gorgeous. And there's not a lot of stuff like that here, um, Mm -hmm. in, in this area. And so it's this beautiful old, it used to be the only church in the area. So they used to have thousands of members. And so it's been hard for them to find their identity, particularly the elderly folks, because that area has become very millennial, um, or young family. It is not what it used to be. And so they're struggling with how do we reach out to our neighbor? We don't even know our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And so they brought me in two years ago to do an evaluation with it. And so I did. And we discovered there were what's known as a legacy moment. So legacy are folks who financially can pass it on, but who aren't capable of redeveloping or restarting. So we gave them that. We're like, good luck. And we gave them this report. And then the bishop came to me and said, hey, you're from Costa Mesa. This is your town because I had I wrote up the report and I had talked to a bunch of the community leaders and said what do you think of this church and got kind of that input into it and they're like you seem to actually like talk to the community leaders what would you do and I was like well this is what I would do and like said a bunch of things and then they're like huh and then they called me back and said will you do it and so they had that conversation they had actually five young clergy from actually all over the country that asked what they would do and they asked me and then they brought me in but no one told me they were bringing me in to evaluate that stuff. So I literally got called into the bishop's office, which is as scary as it sounds. And I like drove all the way up to Pasadena where our bishop is. We have a new bishop, but this was our former bishop. And I get up there and there's like 
a, a group of eight people and they say, tell us why you think you should plant a church. Oh. And I said, I, I, uh, am I doing what's happening? I'm, I'm, I'm planning a church. Um, and the thing was, is I love the church I was at. Rancho Santa Margarita was a fantastic shepherd of the Hills was a great church to be at. I was well loved, well received. It was great. We were growing. Our numbers were good. Our finances were, I mean, it was a sweet spot to be in. It was lonely because it's South Orange County and it's me and my dog, but it was definitely one of these, like, I don't know that I want to leave. And so when they asked me to do it, the bishop called and said, or uh, the district superintendent, who is my actual boss between me and the bishop, he called and said, Sarah, you're going to be so excited. They want to give you the position. And there was silence on the other end of the phone. He's like, I thought you would be happier. And I said, yeah. I just don't want to leave these people that I love so much, including your aunt and uncle. And so it was one of these, mm-hmm. I knew that I was meant to do this thing, but it meant leaving the thing that I had built and was going well. And, and I left this party when I left, uh, the shepherd of the Hills church, I left and they had this huge hootenanny cause I love, uh, bluegrass music. <laughs> Total so. Ranch Santa Margaret hootenanny throw down. Yeah. You know how that often <laughs> happens. <laughs> That's a thing. It's yeah. not, they brought yeah. in musicians. Um, all the, it was cute. Uh, people tried to dress up like hipsters cause they're like, well, she's a hipster. I guess. So they like literally Googled what's a hipster. Oh my God. And so like all these like older dudes came with like fake mustaches and skinny jeans Awesome. and they carried reclaimed wood around. It was so great. (laughs) It was so great. And they like, it was such a beautiful moment and like over 300 people were just there just for that. It was beautiful. And they sang to me and it was just this like really beautiful thing. And then two weeks later I started my new position and this church is like, what the heck just happened to us? <laughs> As if me getting appointed there happened to them. There was no room made for me for an office. There was no space. Um, literally, the guy who uh, is one of the leaders at that church stood up and was like, a lot of things have happened to our church. And now this is Reverend Sarah Heath, as if I was the next thing that was happening to them. Um, and so, In was, a long line <laughs> of happenings. Yeah, here she is. It was like the... And it was funny because we had about 55 people that week because folks had come from RSM, folks had come from my background, folks who had heard of me on podcasts, actually, I was on a podcast called The Liturgist right before that. So there were all these people who had heard of me and they were excited and so they were there and I watched the face of folks and they were like, hmm? <laughs> like, yeah. what do they mean by that? And so I had to get up and preach after that. And I'm like, they're super excited to have me here, not at all. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so it was, it was a really, it's been a really interesting dance we've done where I'm like trying to game their trust and at the same time push them forward and it's hard it's hard work it's great work because they're amazing people but it was definitely one of those experiences so that's how i got there they literally the bishop said you're moving did did you when you submitted this report did you realize you were applying for a position i think i knew somewhat but i think part of me because they had appointed someone there so they put someone in there the year before just for a year as an interim. And I thought she had been po- appointed to do my thing. So I had that moment, like her and I were on a bus going to DreamWorks. Actually, we were getting to hear from one of the directors of DreamWorks about creating community. And so we were headed and I was like, Hey, congratulations about Costa Mesa. That's awesome. And she's like, I don't, I'm not really excited about it. And she hadn't, that was not her dream. And she had been appointed there only for a year and she had to do a lot of tough work bring buildings down, have tough conversations with people. And so I, I originally thought she was put in to do the 
the thing that we had talked about. And so it was weird. Also, I thought I would like come up with something super creative and everyone was like, no, we just want church that's actually intergenerational and welcoming and inclusive. There's the thing. Like that's not really sexy or exciting. You know, I wasn't putting in a coffee shop or a brewery, which that would be a badass brewery. That would be in church on the grounds of a United Methodist church. 30 year old or 30 year old, 80 year old, 80 year old. Actually in this area, 30 year old gets a plaque. They do. Yeah. gets a plaque. Yeah. So that's how I ended up there. And so I've been there now since (laughs) July and we're up to about 60 to 70 on a Sunday and it's super diverse and it is a beautiful, beautiful community. And I got to hire some staff. So this is my creative arts director. He plays amazing music. You're paying him? You're paying this guy? I am. Why do you think he hangs out with me? Literally, I used to sit alone on the pew. This is sad. I used to sit alone on a and I had to hire people to sit next to me. I literally realized the other day, I was like, who sits next to me? Dang, I pay all of them. Wait, wait, the cre- that's creative arts director is not a new title for the worship leader, right? No, he's not just the worship leader. And he's not, often on Sundays, he's not the worship leader. He coordinates all the creative everything, all the things. So we have a bunch of musicians that come from all different backgrounds. Like we have a choir. They had a choir. They had 17 to 27 people on a Sunday, and they had an eight-person choir. Wow. Can you imagine the moment when they were like, and now the choir and half of the church yeah. shut up? Yeah, that's awesome. Choir. They had a bell choir. I mean, they, had, they, are, they are a people that knew how to worship even in that tough space. So that's them. Yeah. That's where I first, first met you was yeah. at Ask Science Mike Live, and I see you doing sound. And I know nothing about the church or who you are, what, what's going on. And I don't know what I'm doing. And then I see you running up to talk to Mike, and then you're running back and forth. And yeah. My friend Dave was there. That I'd have to say that's God's providence that day because I was supposed to go. Oh. And I couldn't make it for some reason, and I gave Dave my ticket. And, and Dave, Dave is an sound experienced sound guy. He was great. Because yeah. if I was there, I would have... I, I felt so terrible. bad because Mike is one of my best friends and he is so good at technology and I feel like I should be and I'm just not. And so I was like, I don't really know how to make this work. And so then I had to like do all the things and, yeah, and welcome him and run, I was running around. Yeah, we had uh, we had him on, I don't know if you know, um, how long ago was that? Uh, Two months ago? 50, yeah. 50. Like right after his book came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when was that? November? It was right before, right before we the recorded, right before we went to that show. Oh, so, so you had already recorded him? Yeah. Yeah. He's so. pretty stinking great. He's a good guy. He's a great friend. And he's been so instrumental in helping me kind of move through um, kind of being a pastor in that not necessarily always feeling like the right fit for me. And he does a great job at kind of talking me off the ledge sometimes. So he's great. Yeah. He's a big deal for me. Good friend. And I named him Science Mike. Did he tell you guys that? He didn't. He said that uh, we can call him uh, Mr. Science if we wanted to. Ooh, so I was kind I of like that. Yeah. I think he said we can call him anything we wanted. Michael. He, yeah. He's very receptive. <laughs> yeah. Anything. <laughs> I feel like that'd be good. Well, we have another friend named Mike, and he and lately I've been naming people, and their nicknames stick. And so Mike Not was like, "So if I'm Don't Science Mike, and what would you? Okay, if he's Science Mike." And you call him, and this is all of our friends' names, what am I? And I was just being a butthole. And so I said, you're adequate, Mike. Oh, man. <laughs> that didn't stick. That's, there's the... In- don't, don't reference me at all, please. 
Please. When you meet all the ladies of uh, my co-working space, I won't be like, this is adequate scut. No. <laughs> <clears throat> but if you could just give them a nickname right now, that'd be great. <laughs> Wait, didn't you say you're a scooter? What did you call them? Yeah, we call them scooters. Sometimes. Scooter? I've always, so my goal as a youth pastor was to name someone scooter and have it stick and it never did. I tried. Hmm. Did well, you give yourself the name Scooter? Did they give it to you? I think he exactly. did. He him and his kids did. Oh, But they don't Scooter. call you like the Scoots. Uncle they? Scooter. <laughs> they, <do. laughs> they have not called me the Scoots we'll yet. We'll work on that. The Scoots. <laughs> there you go. How? There it is. So mean. <laughs> I had a car accident. It'd be nice. I might have head injuries. I don't think that's true. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah. Can you, Zach? Can you delete the that's the scoots from scoots. Uh, the record? Yeah, we'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. Yeah, that's what we do. I don't believe you. I've had good experiencing uh, experiences with editors <clears throat> when I have I called someone an asshole in the liturgist. And that they, was in the liturgist. They took it out. Which episode was that? It was called wi- Women. Okay. I don't know what number it was, but so I was under the assumption uh, Michael Gungor is a good friend of mine, and so I thought we were still just chatting i didn't know the mic was on Mm. so i sat down literally like sat down like away from the mic like at the couch and i was like hey thanks for because what had happened was um explain yourself i know well okay so science mike everyone loves him he writes a book right and they're like we're doing this thing where we're gathering all these stories about mike so i figure we're gathering stories like about like oh like funny moments with mike right Everyone else tells them about the story about how like Mike changed their life and Mike, you know, is the reason they believe in God again and they didn't get divorced and whatever, yeah. you know, like all these beautiful hearts. saves the world. Right. I tell the story about when Mike got a vasectomy and <laughs> we were walking around Laguna Beach and he had peas on his nads. So I like, <laughs> told that story because I thought we were telling funny stories. And the editor who was, and you did, and yeah, and the editor who's one of my good friends did not call me back and say, "Hey, actually, the feeling of the show is this like more. This is why Mike hasn't been important to me." So I said some of that. That got edited out. Instead, I'm the balls girl. So that's real impressive. And so I was mad about this. And that was the last time Michael had asked me to do any sort of podcasting thing. So I sit down on the couch. I'm like, hey, thanks for editing that out, asshole. And then he says, ladies and gentlemen, the Reverend Sarah Heath. (laughs) 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 And I said, and I said, no, you didn't tell me the mic's not on. And he's like, it's on. We're rolling. And I was like, no, no, no. So then I find out. So it goes live. And all these people are like, oh, that was so important. It was, it's a really powerful episode, actually. Yeah. Like, really powerful. Even for me, who was part of it, I didn't hear the first part of it. And I was in tears just to realize what people have gone through as women within the church. Then we get to my part, which starts with, yeah, asshole. Like, yeah. I'm horrible. And I just was like, you're kidding me. So I call the editor. Again, one of my close friends. I'm like, Greg. He goes, Still close friend? Yeah. Because it turns out he edited out. And Mr. Michael Gungor, when at 3 a.m., because you can see the timestamp of whenever anyone edits things, and drops it back in so that when it goes live, it'll be in there. And you can see exactly when he did it. Oh, man. Because he thinks it's funny. Yeah, like, so d- it is. <laughs> <laughs> For some of us. Do you want... You know, I'm going to leave that up with you and the editor. Yeah. If you want to delete any of those references. I'd, to, I'd, to the scoot. 
to to scoots and having the scoots, which is a problem. Yeah, mm. people get it. I know. I think you know what. And the other thing was, I I, was, I said my dad called and was like, "I'm so proud of you." I was like, "Dad, I said asshole on public radio or whatever we call podcasts. I don't know." He was like. Yeah, but that's kind of just you. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really worried because apparently like my DS listened to it, which is my district superintendent. Drill and they were sergeant. All like, yeah, my drill sergeant. And all of them were so supportive about it and nobody said anything about the asshole part. I was more upset about it. Of course. But then I did meet someone in a parking lot who was like, hey, you're the girl who talks about Science Mike's balls. And I was like, <laughs> you're the we? ball girl. Yeah. Sarah <laughs> Ball Girl Heath. Oh, yeah, you're the pastor. Pastor balls. It was the worst. We have our show title. Yeah. Pat. <laughs> how, you, how are you going to spell pastor balls? I don't know. With, With a, a Z, Z obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was embarrassing. Because everyone else told these like really sweet stories, and then I look like the idiot. It could... Okay, what's the name of that dish? Poutine. Pastor balls or poutine? Yeah. Like, like pa- pastor balls choice. versus poutine. <laughs> Good grief. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> this is why you don't let women on the show, isn't it? <clears throat> Never I again. Think, no, this, this is, is why women aren't supposed to teach and churn. Oh, yeah, Scott. I should be silent. I'm so sorry. Scott just left a scooter mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, sticking. Stop it. You two, stop it. You have a book coming out. Um, so I wrote a book. It's true. Um, and it is on uh, story. And so the idea that all of our lives are a narrative, right? And so a lot of people, when they read scripture, want to read it as if it was meant as a history book. But it wasn't. We know that. Because if you look at it, there's different tellings. Like even the four Gospels are four different experiences of the same events. It's a story. It's a narrative. And so a lot of people, we sell really crap stories. When I was a youth pastor, so many of the kids would come to me heartbroken because they understood that their life was supposed to look like, I do the job, I work really hard, I then get into my favorite college, I get a Volvo, and I move to the back bay. That was like their thing. I I meet the girl, I meet the guy. Mm -hmm. And so when their life didn't look like that, it felt like God wasn't present. Right. And so the reality of it is that we're all part of a story and it's the ups and downs that kind of move that story along. And if we're not honest about that, and Christianity does a really crap job of that sometimes, we tell people, like, once you meet your Savior, then it all gets better. But if you look at scripture, that's not true at all. In fact, life gets harder. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) And life gets harder often. And so I use the story of Joseph from. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, mm-hmm. um, which is not a dream coat, just a long coat uh, from the Old Testament. And we. Like a, not a tunic, right? Uh, not a tunic. Anyway, go keep going. Uh-huh. Sorry. Um, so we, we look at that and we look at our own lives. So it's a, it's a book and a journal. And then it has a video. Mike McCurk's actually in the video, which is kind of neat. He talks about what it was like to take the step of moving outside of the faith that he had known and how it was only in that negative turn that he found what he feels like is his life calling the Gungors talk about coming out um, as non uh, traditional Christians and what it meant to share their true story not the story that everyone else had built about them yeah um, I have another my friend with the heart transplant he shares his story my friend Michelle who was 32 and nurse feeding her second child when she found out she had breast cancer um, she tells her story. And then my friend, Dan Davidson, who is a phenomenal pastor who moved out here, was, uh, had a church in Pomona. It was going great until he discovered his wife was having an affair with someone in the church. And so, and then he gets hit by a car. It's like a horrible story, but it is a beautiful story. And, and so that's kind of what, 
what I really want to help people do and see in this book is called what's your story seeing your life through God's eyes um, is understanding that when we look at like a regular heartbeat it goes up and down yet somehow we think life is supposed to look like just one straight line like you're f- like you're dead like, like you're a dead flat line like a flat line and so that's one of those things that I think God is so creative in everything kind of I see in creation this up and down and yet we try to make it all easy peasy especially in this area and yeah. um, you know Orange County we try to we try to spruce it up make it beautiful and then there's people who are just dying on the inside. And so that's the idea is sort of get people to tell their story and narrate their story and then to read the Bible like this beautiful story. So I use Joseph Campbell, who is a, a kind of a theorist on story. And Hero we talk with about, a Thousand Faces. Hero with a Thousand Faces. Yeah, we talk about that um, a little bit to talk about. We're all in this story and we kind of get to decide where we're going to go with it a little bit. Because a lot of times, like as a pastor, the question I get all the time is like, what's my purpose? And I'm like, well, someone else wrote a book about that. You can read that elsewhere. <laughs> um, he doesn't take a salary. I get it. Um, but <laughs> I think there is, uh, there is more than one purpose for our lives. It's Rick Warren, Jeff. It is Rick Warren. It's true. He's a great guy. Um, he wears the heck out of some Hawaiian shirts. Um, but I think there is this sense of like, we are co-writing a story with God instead of being told that this is our story. Right. And I know so many Christians who are sitting and waiting for God's will. And I, I feel like that is if when we read scripture and we look at the story, God's will is often taking these needs and wants and who we are and propelling us forward in a story. And that oftentimes we have more say in it, you know, than we think we do. So that's what it's on. That's my book. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks. Yeah. That's how all the best TV shows are done now. It's, it's, a lot of backstory that justifies some pretty fucked up behavior. Correct. And well, justify is a relative word there. I mean, it's doesn't get them off the hook for doing terrible things, but there's always reasons people, everybody has a story. It's beautiful because that's the reality. You can say it. There are no, yes. Oh yeah. Thank you. There are no absolutely good and no absolutely bad people. Right. We create this black and white dichotomy, this binary where, um, people don't have a reason for what they do. And so what I love lately is the stories have been playing around with um, knowing everybody's backstory. So like everybody is all good and all bad, right? And so it makes for really interesting TV watching because you're like, no, now I like the guy. Right, um, exactly. When you wanted to hate him before. And so I think it's really helpful though as we look at our own lives as not being fully bad or fully good. It's that idea of like in that moment, what's our best? And, uh, so yeah, it's interesting that TV has been doing that a lot. British TV's always done that. Yeah. It's always been messy. Like a character you really love will do something really shitty. And sometimes a lot of times the people, the actors themselves aren't the pretty, Mm-mm. totally done up, spectacular <laughs> looking. <in> the Brits. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what, that's my point. That's a good thing. Right, Scott? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's, I think it is neat though, because then you can see yourself. Yeah. In the story. And I think that's kind of what yeah, yeah, I guess the Bible was never meant to be like stories of epic journeys that where the person's all good or all bad. I mean, David is the worst. And yeah. Yet, no. And yet he's our example. Right. And yeah. so um, for me, kind of helping people look at their own stories and narrate their stories is so freeing. Um, I've had people share their stories at our, at our new church situation and they're like waiting 
they're, they're, they'll share their story and waiting for people just to say, I can't believe you. Yeah. And then when people go, wow, yeah, I've been there. It is, I mean, just a beautiful moment. Someone this weekend shared something that they had been carrying around with them and they set it at the lunch table and nobody reacted. And she leaned back and whispered in my ear, the world didn't end. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And she wasn't being dramatic. Yeah. And I said, no, it didn't. And you know what's going to happen is again and again, you're going to share your real story and the world's not going to end and you're going to find out that you're beloved. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's what we, we rob people of when we tell everyone their story just needs to keep like, be awesome. That's all you need to do. Just keep being awesome. And that's not reality. And we've right. got a lot of people doing that publicly where they're trying not to be a real person. Right. So that, that's what it's on. That's what my book's on. That's Comes awesome. April yeah. 17th. It's called What's Your Story, which sounds like an aggressive title, but I promise it's not. Yeah, just like you. Sometimes people think you're aggressive, but they just need to sit down and talk to you. I think I don't think people think I'm aggressive. I'm pretty tiny. You didn't let me finish. I was about to say, some people have said <laughs> about you, but I say no. <laughs> <laughs> Proving that I'm aggressive, I guess. It's funny. I like, you know, I hear a lot of times like, Ah, I thought you would be so intimidating. <laughs> I'm like, why? <laughs> I feel like I'm not at all. Yeah. See, I have beloved tattooed on me. Yeah. You've seen the That's video. That's not intimidated. Yeah. You've seen the video with the guy who's like, it's called, it's called Contemporvent, how to build a church worship service. It's hysterical. And the guy's like, I open my arms to reveal my tattoo to say, hey, I'm one of you. Have you seen that? <laughs> I was like, I have a story. I have a story. That's right. I have a past. <laughs> my tattoos are all like post becoming serious about my faith. Yeah. Well, that's so good. And then so that that the potential podcast. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know about that. I don't know about it. It's it's a scary thing to like open yourself up, as you guys know. Yeah. Super scary. It is a little bit like therapy. Yeah. That's how it's felt for me, at least. Really? Therapeutic. Yeah. Being around you guys. That's lame. Just the bros talking. So. That's lame. <laughs> you know what I love? It's how he just supports you. Yeah. And just wants to walk with you. Yeah. Well, I wasn't I'm, listening. So. You know, I'm here. Yeah. If you want to just keep saying stuff, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> keep saying stuff. <laughs> I think that's a, you're creating sacred space here. Safe space. <laughs> yeah. Safe, it's, sacred space. So you can pre-order the book now. It's true. I think this will be out next week, but by the time people are listening to this, in the future, it all doesn't matter. In the future. So everything, everything will be in the show notes, all your details. And at Reverend, at Rev Sarah Heath yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, you can find me any RevSarahHeath.com, at Rev Sarah Heath on Twitter. I'm not real great on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. I'm all over. I'm all over the social worlds, the awesome. medias. Stories are going to save the world. I believe so. And you're a part of it. Podcasting too. It's all stories. And that's the best thing about podcasting. I really think it's this me too thing. I think there's something in it. I think there is something profound. I think something happened when Brene Brown started talking about vulnerability and people started getting real. I think there is this beauty in it. I think there's a huge pushback that we're experiencing where people are like, nope, just do the thing, all the things you're supposed to do, right. get in line. And, and I think this movement of like, no, vulnerability is power, is, is pushing back. So. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. thanks yeah. for having Thank me. Even after my accident. And if this doesn't go, I'll just say I had an injury. That's what's going to (laughs) happen. I don't know, guys, I blacked out. (laughs) (laughs) So tomorrow you're going to wake up and remember, I 
think I called myself the balls girl? Yeah. Oh, can you gosh. edit that out? I th- and then you'll be like, no, actually, no, we cannot. Yeah. 